It's Operation Babble with Mike Shrews. It's pop culture, music, movies, TV too. It's time to explore life. It's Operation Babble time. That's it, Michael. Never again. We're not. We're not fucking bringing on guests ever again. <laughs> Tivis, you're the last one. <laughs> Tivis, you're the last one. No, so this isn't even the guest anymore. He's a host. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. I, hate, I, I, I apologize for assuming your position. <laughs> my my issue here is it's got to be me because I smell, right? It's Maybe people be. are finally listening to the podcast before they come on. Mm, <laughs> correct. You may you may have some because there. the podcast is actually growing, so maybe people are finding it easier now and are actually listening before they come on. Before we were like, able to sucker everybody fun. before they listened and yeah. Um no, uh I'm not sure what's going on, but we were supposed to have a guest on today. Just um, like last week. <laughs> She might pop in still later. Uh, we don't know. We'll see. Um, she is from the across few. the pond. She is living across yes. the pond at the time. So there is like a six hour difference, difference between us. So there is a good chance she's either working, forgot, or sleeping. Right. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we'll either hear and, from her at some point today or maybe reschedule. And if she forgot, trust me. I don't care because I forget sometimes that we're going to record. Well, are you running on like three hours of sleep, you said? Yes. Yeah, actually, you almost literally said that you forgot today. You're like, oh, shit, I got to I gotta go do that. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so she actually just messaged me, guys. So we Fun. might be just starting. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we gave so. we gave it a thirty we gave it a thirty minute wait time. We were like, oh, we'll figure it out. And then at some point, we do as as we classically do, as most people probably do. Uh, we were all on mic just chilling, not like on Michael the host, but we were all on mic and just sitting in the back room, essentially talking. And it's like, okay, we've said about fifty things that should be on the podcast, and we're like, okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's maybe do this quick. So, yeah, but. So far, what what was one of the points that we started? You guys won't shut the hell up about fucking Power Rangers. Hey, hey, Power Rangers is awesome. So Power Rangers are awesome. Are PM awesome. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) That was well done. I'm I'm speechless. I'm upset, but I'm speechless. All right. Um. No, because uh, Tivis has watched Power Rangers RPM. I'm not sure if he finished finally. Watched a lot of Power Rangers. Um, we're not going to talk about it on this episode, but I finally started. In two days, I watched 15 episodes, and it's 32 episodes, I believe. So yeah, I'm Probably almost like 20. Like I'm almost done. minutes. Or yeah, they're only like 20 yeah. minutes long. So, um, and with my kid at homeschool during the day when I'm not doing this. Yeah. I just sit here in the office and yeah. edit and he, shit so I can just have it on. And He, he watches the kid's show when his kid can't watch it. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that great? Can I, can I say, and I want everyone to know, just in case, uh, Michael is recording this episode from the sun, apparently. Hence, Am his, I blown out again? Hence his Casper-like complexion. It's all right. That milky skin, you know. There you go. Yeah, a little better. Yeah, I'll take there. it. 
I also have the actual sun blaring through my window in the back too. So I can't really, I don't want it too bright in the back and in the front. Anyways, audio people can't tell that. And they're the ones that we do this show for. (laughs) So fuck the video people. Yeah. Get fucked all you YouTubers. (laughs) Veggie tube. What? No. What is it? I mean, they get to look at our faces. Pornhub, I think we put this on. Red red tube and Pornhub. Cool. We should put this on Pornhub. Why not? (laughs) A platform is a platform. Cloud is clout, my guy. Clout. Right. What? What are we talking? I don't know how to do that though. You don't know how to do a click. No. No, I don't know how to upload uh, to the porn sites. I'm assuming it's just like YouTube. I just know how to view things on Pornhub. I don't know how to like you know be a contributor. Sure. Put you put make sure you put your phone in private mode and then go to porno.com. <clears throat> Guys, I don't know why I'm holding this pen, but it's like my <laughs> fucking safety blanket today. <laughs> I don't, I'm like I, I'm just having like I'm like gotta get you a fidget, a fidget. spinner. <laughs> well, actually, I have I have a couple of those, and I have the like like fidget cube thing that has like oh the, the cube was interesting. It was all right. It was kind of I've fun. never I used the cube. I I couldn't figure the cube. Like, what are you supposed to do with the cube? Like, I've seen it, and it has, like, a bunch of click-clacks and all that shit. Are you just you're supposed to fidget with it? I'm assuming, because it's a fidget cube. Fucking hell, I'm stupid as shit right now. <laughs> that shocked me a little bit, actually. Like, that was perfectly timed for me. My <laughs> wife just told me she's buying the new Britney Spears vinyl. Okay. That is there's so some... funny that you fucking bring that up! Wait, there's I... a new Britney Spears, like, album? Or... It, well, no. Uh... no it, they're probably printing, like, one of the old songs, or, like, a best of on vinyl. Is that what you're saying? Or is she actually putting out a new record? Uh, it looks to be like it might be new, but I'm not sure. I don't follow that stuff. Boo. It's so funny you fucking say that because before we got on today, my buddy Grant sent me on Facebook. I don't, I don't fucking use Facebook, just pretty much only to get the link that Michael sends me every week to get on here. Um, it was a video... <laughs> Of this black dude in a red, white, and blue shirt with like a like little sweater over it, fucking going hard on the choreography mm-hmm. for "It's Gonna Be Me." <laughs> it's gonna be me. I forgot how fire <laughs> that fucking song is. I want you to also know that I know that choreography really well because I was one of those dickheads. Because you remember when the the choreographer. Used to put because he was like the same choreographer for fucking everybody: Britney Spears, Christina, Backstreet mm. Boys, NSYNC, all that. He put out a video showing off the choreography for his like top videos. I fucking bought the shit out of that. <laughs> I, it's gonna be me and uh, Bye Bye Bye. I knew those back to front, my dude. Good songs. Yeah, there, there you go, everybody. I'm I got to idiot. Got to admit. <laughs> uh, Lance Bass. NSYNC is better. NSYNC, NSYNC is better than Backstreet Boys. Fucking at me. Lance Bring Bass it. is gay. He was sync and sync, and he's uh, gay. I gotta tell you, when we were in elementary school, before he came out, he was sync. Yes. We always used to make fun to the girls in elementary school that Lance was gay, mm. and I just wanted to say I'm glad that my gaydar is still perfect. It's fire. So. It's fire. Boop, 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 boop. Although I did not know that um Tivis, you gave us some information. 
Uh, the guy who played Whistleblower. Captain Cold. Uh, what oh, was yeah. his name? Wentworth Miller. Wentworth I Miller. Um, I didn't know he was gay, but he backed out of the project for Prison Break. Uh, Is that should yeah, show? Yeah, the Prison Break revival. Revival. So it wasn't like a reboot. It was like they were going to continue it then. Well, they already it, did that, didn't they? They did an extra season like a couple they years did, ago. Yeah. They, they did, yeah. I thought they used the term reboot, so I wonder if they were just going to like start over and have some of the old cast be in it. Mm. I don't know. I, know, I didn't Mick, watch the Mick show. Rory's I'm sorry, doing I'm really good. You... Mick Rory's doing really good on Legends, so don't <laughs> fuck with that character, guys. Like, <laughs> well, he's only in like five minutes of. Every don't episode. care. Don't care. Don't give him a reason to not show up for those five minutes. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's say uh, we watch. Go, bringing up in sync, we watch uh, Mass Singer, and no, uh, Joey Fatone was on a season, and I called it immediately like the very first time he came on i'm like that's him that joey he was, was on mass singer really yeah interesting mm. oh i thought you meant like as a judge no 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 he was a contestant no. <laughs> I, every time he shows up on practical jokers i love it because <laughs> he he runs like a, a hot dog company called uh the fat ones Fatones. yes yep yeah yeah he was Not... on an episode of hannah montana where he owned like yeah. a italian restaurant can see that yeah. he gives off that italian owner like why because he's look. fat gabagool yeah. <laughs> basically gabagooly i did see it john you could own an italian <laughs> restaurant too dude i fucking get every ethnicity except white for some reason even though i'm white as the ghost except penis. white i thought everyone just assumed you were just white and well, that's why so, you get so much shit. It's what I figured too, <laughs> and especially having like you know, obviously the neo-Nazi dome. Like, well, I mean, okay, first of all, we got to we got to address this from last week, uh, Mister uh, Half Mexican over here. I'm a um, gringo. Called down. All right, fine. You you said Mexican words <laughs> instead of Spanish. <laughs> Do you think maybe I was fucking taking the piss? Like, did you not think that maybe I was being an idiot? No, because I looked at the video. You were straight up like, you were to not. To be joking. fair, to be I fair, didn't catch it, so. I will say, I will say, fine. If it is a fuck up, it's a fuck up. But I will make the argument for I don't believe we speak English. We speak American, and I'm pretty sure most people in the UK would probably yeah, corroborate yeah. that. I'm they gonna are throw that out. Kind of distinct. Because I yeah. would make the argument that you, the but there the, are different dialects of yeah. Spanish too. Because what well. you're getting in Spain, you ain't getting that shit down in no. you know, fucking Guatemala. And, and Mexico <laughs> and even Cuba are different uh, yeah. dialects as well. So I get that. So, but Canada, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, that was probably a gigantic fuck up. I'm taking I'm taking your Mexican card. My my That's... my Mexican wife even told me I'm allowed to take your Mexican card. Oh, for it's that one. it's fine. I already went to college, so I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's it's funny, dude. You know, it's all the time. Like people will come up. I've gotten Greek. I assume it's yeah. because like the prominent eyebrows, dark hair, and the big nose, or um, I get Italian constantly. With and your I'm like, bald well, okay, head, I wouldn't think you're anything but whitey, bruh. I'm telling you, like, don't get me wrong. This got go really sun, racial really fast. I know, still. <laughs> I know. But like, if I go out in the sun, like I tan really good. Like yeah. I'll get sunburnt for like a day or two and like be miserable. And then I'll tan. And then like, 
No joke. I looked fucking like almost Dominican when I was a lifeguard Fuck for like four that? years because I was in the sun like for fucking eight hours a day. And Oof. Yeah, it was insane. I was I was dark as dicks. Well, depending on whose it is. I don't know. You're still in the camera, so there we go. Like, Shit. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry if I look like a hobo too. I cut the beard a couple of weeks ago, and I immediately regretted it. So that 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 bitch is coming. Back. Just let it go. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. I the can't. beard the beard will stay on until I get rid of my two extra chins. I can't <laughs> fucking do it, man. I can't. Hey, wear I can't that handle. stuff with pride. <laughs> no, can't do it. It's like at least like when I would like tilt down, I'd be like. Oh, it's all hair. They can't tell. <laughs> it's fine. Tickle, so tickle my chest with I my say own fucking face. For, for next year's Halloween, guys, I, I know we're past Halloween, but next year's Halloween, if all three of us are kind of looking about the same, I say we dress up like Family Guy characters, and I'll be Quagmire. John, you can be um, Joe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, well, uh, the Tivish can be, um, yeah. what's his name? What's the guy's name? Peter? The main, yeah, Peter, the main fucking yeah, character. I knew Peter. it. Yeah. Not if they're gonna make him Peter, I want to be Lois. No, I'll be Meg. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. Yeah, perfect. That works perfect. I would much better be. I would be way better to be Meg. Shut up, Meg. Because oh. <laughs> you get it all the time too. Anyway, I mean, I know. It's fine. Justified that. Just there we it's, go. It's perfectly fine. Guys, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I got. We've got a lot to talk about yet because we 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 fucked up twice two weeks in a row <laughs> all so, my all my talking points were for a guest maybe we should um, uh try to figure out i, I would it's probably be easier well, for guests to show up if we did later <laughs> showings <laughs> but <laughs> yeah i don't know two two of the afternoon doesn't seem that bad that's true they're five hours ahead yeah well, for uh, six for <laughs> and seven for people, California. And what's wrong with doing it in the morning? I like doing stuff in the morning. Do actually it forces morning. me to get out of fucking bed. Because <laughs> this is this is my day off from. I get Wednesdays and Thursdays off from my day job, so it's like this works perfect for me. Because otherwise, I just fucking sleep till noon. <laughs> Why even bother getting out of bed? The world is burning. It all sucks. So I found out about the show called Saint Elsewhere, mm. and it angers me. Yeah. Elaborate. That show connected, I think the list is like over 300 television shows into a shared universe. Isn't it like Twin Peaks? It's, Twin it's Peaks supposed to be about like some kind of doctor show, and then at the very end, it's revealed... It's, it's in a some kid's imagination. So they reference all these other shows. So all those shows that reference them are in this kid's imagination. And it's just... It was all a dream! Wait. I don't know. I got, no, I got nothing. I got nothing for that. It's so weird. The beard's I don't weird. like it. <gasps> That's an ad hom. That's a what? I'm not cool with it. An ad hominem? No? Oh. All right, cool. Whatever. Okay. 
Does anyone racist. else get irrationally angry at at at? At at? Instead of saying like ATAT? Yes. The ATST isn't called atst. Just T S T. Just wait till they replace the actual leathers with the at symbol. Two at symbols. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, I will stand I will stand that change. As of right now, I I, have, I implore everyone to do that. Right. Does anyone know where the at at is? <laughs> Where's the at at? Ack, oh. ack. I shouldn't. Ack. Ack. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I gotta watch me some Mars Attacks. That's some good so shit. So good. Yeah. I want to read the. Uh, it had a giant crossover with other IDW comics, and that's that looked fun. I think it was IDW. Did it though? Did it look fun? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped you right in your tracks. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. All right, guys. So we, our guest finally did show up. Not finally. Yay. Oh my god, that sounds so bad. She showed up. You fucking did. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna let her into the conversation right now. Ooh. Here we go, guys. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. What up? Oh. Oh. I am gonna Jesse Spano so hard. I'm so excited that this is happening right now. It's like, until I hear a voice that, like, the the name across the board here is just going to, like, build with excitement. It's like a title card. It's like I feel like a wrestler is about to come out of, like, the back room right now and just come running down the stage and say, hey, three of you, shut up. I got things to say. What? Oh, hi. Sorry. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got confused. I'm so sorry. I totally forgot that at the end of October – is UK day, is the end of whatever UK daylight savings time, so everything changes by an hour. And I was like, oh, mm. okay, well that's why all my alarms were off. But I forgot because <laughs> we had it just like what it was like a week, a or week two ago? ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I guess it's the same. I I've been living in the UK for years, so I don't remember. But uh, it screwed up all my calendars, and I was out at the store because I was like, I have to go get some food. I'm out of food, and I found the worst, the worst flavor of chips, the most posh flavor of chips ever imaginable. You say posh. Uh, Oh yeah, it oh, is no. kettle limited edition <laughs> truffled cheese with a splash of English sparkling wine, and I had to get that. I mean, <laughs> sorry, oh, that's... my pretentious meter just like hit, <laughs> hit the red bar right there. I love it. So Are I they good doing, though? I haven't tried them yet. I'm afraid to. But anyway, so I was I was doing very important things. Obviously, it was very important business of trying of buying these horrible chips. Look, <laughs> nutri nutri <laughs> extravagant nutrition. It's absolutely just, it's it's important in every level. I doubt there's any nutrition in there, but there's certainly something. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for being late. Well, no, How's it's, it going? No, it's awesome. Good. Had to put the martini glass down for two seconds. and uh, Well, I guess kind of abrupt, I suppose. So if anybody doesn't know, um, kind of a weird little backstory for me. Uh, as you can tell, Mahler fan, EFAP. Uh, I believe one of your first... Uh, episodes was like episode 53 or 4 I think it was the Isle of Man one that makes me die every single time <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because you guys covered Quentin and um and that's how I kind of knew you is from your um review of Quentin reviews talking about contrapoints mm -hmm. uh, and um I like kind of fangirling here a little bit but I instantly fell in love you you guys were 
Oh. Really, you guys were like <laughs> super, you. super funny. And um, so um, I was like, oh, it's Aiden. And I don't know who this is. And it's Aiden Paladin, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and that's how you go on YouTube as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, so you bring a really fun dynamic uh, to those guys because uh, kind of, I guess, I'll give you a chance to just give yourself an intro, kind of what you do and 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 uh, like maybe like what your videos are and what your process is maybe, and then we can kind of go from there. Sure. Um, so basically my, I guess... I don't want to say philosophy behind videos because that sounds really pretentious, but um, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, I went to I have a master's degree and I was a PhD student uh, in communication with an emphasis on media psychology, and I thought it would be really fun, particularly you know with everything that was happening around the 2016 election, I thought it would be fun to talk on YouTube about the intersection of media and politics and psychology, particularly media psychology and social psychology, which are my my two main areas of of interest. And so basically what I do is I synthesize, I try to, <laughs> to synthesize um, things that are going on in pop culture and the news uh, and society with uh, theories and research in the psychological and communication sciences. And I try to make it as funny as possible <laughs> in an attempt. But well, that, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And and it's kind of fun. And, and people have known me for a little while that I love long content, like obviously if I'm yeah, Rocking me too. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you you tend to shoot somewhere around the forty-five to almost usually don't break about two hours somewhere in there. No, area. I've never done one. I think the longest has been an hour forty-five. The okay. one that's going up in a few days is an hour and seven minutes or an hour and six minutes. So it's, it'll be a bit longer. <laughs> um, yeah, I I kind of started binging a a bunch of years uh, uh, when you decided to accept our invite because uh, we because oh, yeah. we were we were talking about. Um, it was probably three or four weeks ago. We got onto the conversation of um, parasocial relationship and like mm-hmm. kind of the, the need. Of, do we need celebrity now? Especially like with everything going on, uh, we're kind of seeing this weird like we're kind of like seeing the cringe factor really go up, and mm-hmm. and the idea that maybe we're potentially putting too much stock in these kind of people. But at the same time, it's like it. Like, is it important to have your heroes and things like that? You know, it, fictional or non-fictional even? Um, it, it can be important, but mostly what parasocial relationships do is that they often give people who feel like they don't have a lot of real-world relationships the feeling that they have a relationship with this media figure. And that goes for people who, who do have personal friendships and don't. But um, the way that we process parasocial relationships psychologically is indistinguishable from how we process real life friendships. So we feel as if we know these people and when they do things that we like and that confirm to our expectations, well, we like that. And when they do things that violate our expectations, well, that can cause parasocial breakup, which is very, very psychologically harmful. It has, again, almost identical effects psychologically to the way that having a fight with your friend uh, affects Mm -hmm. the brain. So we become invested in these people because like, we're all pretty much monkeys flinging shit at each other through a digital <laughs> environment, right? And by that, I mean, we've never, we're, our brains are not evolved to deal with this new technology stuff. We, we yeah. didn't evolve in, within the context mm-hmm. of it. So it's very hard for us to delineate the difference between a person that we interact with on Twitter and someone we might actually know. 
I want to be very clear that the hypothesis that people can't distinguish media from reality and therefore it causes them to become violent, that's never been supported. In very massive mega meta-analyses have never found a definitive link between exposure to media and a causal relationship to violence. So let me be very clear. So what are you telling it, me that boy season, <laughs> the boy season two was wrong about memes turning people into violent sociopaths? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's yeah, 500 studies have never been able to lock that down. So they, they keep trying. Uh, if, if you're someone who does like reading research, there is a what I can only describe as an academic slap fight that occurred between Anderson et al. and Ferguson et al. in like 2015. And it's just a back and forth between journal publications where they they're kind of insulting each other, but they're doing it in a really academic, intellectual way. And it's just these these two groups of researchers arguing about whether or not games cause violence. Um, oh god don't you love how the like and, and like it seems to be like the parties flip their ideas every like couple of decades like who's censoring who mm -hmm. i always i always find that interesting because yeah that comes up every like 10 15 years it's about video games again apparently, they're back at it yeah, I know. like apparently pong is bad for you too <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure but the reality is that immediate exposure is it well there's a lot of media exposure effects. There's tons of them. The, probably the one that comes closest to the games cause violence theory is something called cultivation theory. What cultivation theory posits and has some spurious support, not great, but some support better than the games directly causally induce violent behavior. Uh, what cu cultivation theory posits though, is that uh, specifically via the meme world hypothesis is that long-term exposure to negative news coverage, specifically news coverage, makes people think that the world is a nasty, bad, scary place. It doesn't make them violent. It makes them reactionary in that they become more defensive, uh, but it doesn't make them necessarily more violent. Uh, the, other, the other major effect that we do find fairly consistently is that um, exposure to violent quote-unquote media uh, can um, induce fear effects again in people in that it can um, make them more reactive again to stuff. So like uh, one of the, the classic experiments is that they showed people a violent piece of media and then they could choose how loud of a noise to play in the ear of another person. Mm -hmm. They're not directly harming them. Mm -hmm. So we can't, first of all, you can't do an experiment like that. You can't show <laughs> someone a violent piece of media and then put them in a room with a knife and I don't know, a kitten Let's and be like, happens. oh, what are you gonna do? You can't do that. It's completely unethical. <laughs> you can't do it. I wouldn't fly past the institutional review board. But they did find that people get more aroused is the correct term, not hey. more aggressive, more aroused by, by any kind, not just violent media, but any kind of exciting media. It creates mm. arousal and that can make people slightly more aggressive and that they'll play a louder decibel in the ear of someone else who answers a question wrong. But they're not really more violent, are they? They're maybe more aggressive, but even that's a bit of a leap. Well, because I, yeah. I mean, you'd That's imagine because because I would imagine like well, because especially with news, when you're when you're dealing with a movie that kind of does that with you, you're understanding that you're watching something fictional for the most part. But when you're dealing with the news and it's some, it feels like something that you're gonna have to experience. So maybe it creates like a a sense of anxiety and fear. So when you start to see that play out, maybe around in your surroundings, you maybe react a little bit harder to it. You'd assume. <laughs> Oh, right. Well, uh, really, people do have the capacity to delineate and differentiate reality from fiction. We can fall into these parasocial relationships uh, where we feel like we know a character. Mm -hmm. But at some point, when you sit back and cognitively process it, you know that, I don't know, Superman isn't real, right? You know he's not. Um, yeah. What? 
<laughs> I've seen but, Henry Cavill. You're wrong. I've seen him with his shirt off. Superman is quite real. I don't know. I've seen his chin or his uh his upper lip. I'm not sure that's real. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> they had to Photoshop it back in to get rid of his mustache. Yeah, I'm not sure about the reality of that one, but at least that part of Henry Cavill. But um, we, when we think about this stuff, we know it's not real, and most of the media reactions are are really quick effects. When you ask people to sit back and think about them, uh, they don't tend to have that same kind of uh, strong reaction to stuff. Media effects are usually very small in size. Um, which is why they're hard to point down. It makes it an interesting area of, of study within uh, the psychological sciences. But uh, with stuff like the news, well, it's all framed under the auspices of this being a reflection of reality, which, you know, fictional media is not for the most part. Yes. Mm. So I think that does create a difference in the framing and how people perceive that media. Because I guess when you go from there, because we're... Cause we kind of start off with the fictional idea of creating a, a relationship with somebody that doesn't exist. Uh, you start to get in, and this is kind of the point of the video, the response video you made for Quentin reviews um, where it starts to bleed into um, YouTube personalities, online personalities, even celebrities mm -hmm. now, cause they, thanks to Twitter and things like that, you have a little bit more um, chance at being, I don't know, recognized or at least have an interaction of some, uh, no matter how, you know empty it kind of is um because i brought the i've brought it up to these guys before uh i've noticed that you used a red versus blue uh i hate the bands you like clip yeah. in, in one of yours uh so early rvb fan right here um oh, yeah. the season just started at zero uh but um <laughs> uh it, it was interesting because i have brought up to these guys we're seeing stuff happen with like achievement hunter right now um kind of feeling like a little bit um, betrayed by people that we've known for a long time. On top of that, I go, I, I think I've, I would totally be willing to say I've brought it up with these guys a few times that I've probably fallen into that trap before. Cause even with like uh Mahler and rags and those guys, they do, you will shoot. Your first episode was like 16 hours long when you yeah, came on, geez. you fell asleep. What was it? Three times? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Okay, I take a little e-nap, let's just say. Yes. Okay. <laughs> first, of all, first of all, 16 hours is, John, is, is longer hardcore. than the entire season of RPM Power Rangers. So before you get on me for watching <laughs> that, just remember. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because uh, I was bringing it up to these guys because I listen to their stuff while I'm at work. Or like mm -hmm. uh, I used to listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast at work all the time. And you would hear that for potentially eight hours a day, give or take, if not more. I go, there's a point now where I've probably heard these people's personal information or their ideologies or just their voice more than I've probably heard not only either my girlfriend that I've lived with, but probably my own parents over the course <laughs> of my entire life. And that's really strange mm -hmm. to think about. Yeah, that is interesting. And it's a totally, totally different um environment that we live in in terms of uh, media exposure in current year you know plus five or whatever we're at um in that yeah that never would have been the case before even even if you were you know i'm a big trekkie but even if i spent i mean how many hours are all all five well four that count who's it first uh original series <laughs> next gen uh voyager and ds9 okay so all the four trek series that count <laughs> yeah there it is which oh so, just just to make michael <laughs> angry which one's your favorite Okay, um, so I have favorites for different reasons. Bring them. <laughs> my, 
my favorite um, emotionally, nostalgically, is the original series. I love it. I love the rosy-tinted view of the future. Yeah. I think it's silly, but also wonderfully creative. Uh, and I love what, what Gene was trying to do. It doesn't always work, but it's very fun <laughs> yeah. to rewatch. Uh, DS9 has the best storytelling, I think, of all of them consistently and world building consistently. Mm -hmm. um, Next Gen is probably the best synthesis of uh, the storytelling that's in DS9 and the rosy tinted stuff that we get in the original series. And then my, my guilty pleasure is Voyager. I love Voyager so much. <laughs> it's so bad, but I love it. <laughs> Uh, that's my favorite for Voyager is my favorite for taking the silliness of the original series and putting it into a modern modern I guess in making it making it glossy and pretty yeah <laughs> yeah but having the same absolutely stupid <laughs> <laughs> some of the dumbest stuff ever happens in Voyager I mean we don't talk about threshold but we could talk about threshold uh, that is of course is the episode where uh the uh, janeway and tom paris turn into lizard people and mate with each other it's really they have a baby and oh, they have uh, to leave it behind because yeah. it's so bad hot i don't <laughs> know about you worst, guys arguably the worst episode ever of star trek <laughs> now no, you said the word aroused earlier i i i think that <laughs> had just came full circle for me there which they have Technically, didn't they create an entire new species when they did that? So they automatically fucked yeah. up the ecosystem to that planet? So. Yeah, they, well, Voyager didn't care too much about the Prime Directive. So. Yeah, they, <laughs> they didn't give two shits. Well, I mean, I, you know, JJ did. You know, he cared so much. Oh, yeah, supposedly. <laughs> oh, but my, my, point in, uh, my point in bringing up Star Trek is that, you know... Um, I've watched every series of Star Trek and I've watched mm -hmm. Enterprise once or twice, but I've watched every series of Star Trek multiple times. But even then, like that's just a pretty hardcore fan. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The average person probably watches, has seen, you know, episodes of Star Trek a few times. Yeah. But, but the level now of with, yeah, but like podcasts of how many hours, I mean, my favorite podcast is uh, it's a comedy podcast called your mom's house. And I've been listening to it for 10 years every week for 10 years and now they have like wow. four other podcasts that's in their network that's still the same two people pretty much Jeez. on every single one <laughs> and so the number and if each one is two hours long an hour and a half long i mean how many mm -hmm. hours is that and i've listened to several episodes multiple times that's more than i've watched star trek i think um yeah. that and that's mm -hmm. that's not living in a fictional world again that's where the the realm of fantasy and reality blend right of, yeah. you know we're seeing a um so uh uh, shoot, what's his name? <laughs> this is in a way it, it's 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 um, face work, which is that we put on a certain face when we're yeah. you know doing live mm -hmm. shows, and everybody does. Actors do it in a very specific way when they're playing a role. Irving Goffman, excuse me, is the is the seminal author on that. Irving Goffman on face work, and um, but you know even people when people are being themselves, quote unquote, in podcasts, you're still putting on a face a little bit. But there's this implication that it's the real person and so then yeah. you get more of that parasocial stuff going on yeah. the feeling that oh, i really know who this person is yeah. you can Which... feel like you really know a character but you feel like you really know who that person is when you listen to them for a long time yeah we've I, actually I like... talked about that on the podcast before about how our personalities on the show are not what we are in person could even it's, just it's, be it's like heightened hyperbolic maybe, or... and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Goffin would say that, you know, you usually want to put on a positive face, but there can be times when you want to put on a negative face because you want to distance yourself from something, you want to seem edgy or whatever. <laughs> and uh, all of this is, is part of how we, we um, 
engage in face work. And so when you're on a show, you're aware <laughs> that you're on a show uh, and you're not going to necessarily be your, I think you can be your authentic self, but I think, yeah, it's heightened or exacerbated or exaggerated or, or maybe even tuned, turned down depending on what kind yeah. of face you want to put forward to the audience. I've I've always looked at it as, you know, people have their public persona and private and we will never know the private. Like they could be the nicest person in the world and then they go inside and they're like, you know, well, the problem <laughs> is, is that thanks to the Internet, we're starting to see the private and that's like really hurting the public. And um, it's because it's interesting because, like I said, you and I have already Aiden, you and I have already had a couple of quick inside jokes from the communities and whatnot and mm. from your videos and whatnot. Because um, I was a huge fan of Bernie Burns, big Rooster Teeth guy, mm -hmm. followed him Bernie. since the the inception. And um, like I said, I'd been watching their content for so long. They get really personal on podcasts. You follow them everywhere. And then I ended up having, I ended up getting to like set up and then quote unquote host an event for him to come to a college I was working at. And got to have like a, you know, like an hour back room, just hang out, talk to him. And it's really weird to have this idea that like, he doesn't have to go through his rigmarole with me, like with his like <clears throat> keynote process. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know that story. I've heard it 50 times or like, Oh yeah, you did this and this. So like, it was so strange to essentially have never met this person ever, but yet him and I were having a conversation. Like we've known each other for like a decade. It's the, it was a really weird sensation when it was over. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I wonder, man, could you imagine because I because I loved how you talked about going back to the fictional character, like like losing that in an abrupt way, like with a cancellation. I think that's why Firefly is so beloved. It's this like yearning for more and more. And then Serenity came out and all that. It's, <laughs> it's just it's uh, I don't know. I it just it's always really struck me as something that I, I think you're going to see more and more and more of. And luckily, like I'm at the age where I grew up without it for a really long time. So I kind of can pull myself back. But could you imagine like being young and having this kind of stuff do you think do you think the age range thing is maybe making it a little bit tougher uh i need to see more data on it um mm -hmm. in terms of i don't think we can definitively call it one way or another we mm -hmm. do kind of forget how mediated even i mean i'm 30 so i, I don't know your guys' age yeah. but uh, even for me growing up it was there there was a, a lot of parasocial relationships going on with with media figures all throughout Oh, my life. I mean, look at like uh, teenage heartthrobs are. I mean, like look at like the Beatles, probably one oh. of the earliest mass yeah. mass parasocial oh. relationships where people felt like they knew who they were. They they you know followed these guys around and and everything. And one of the things that you mentioned where you would watch somebody for a long time and then you you felt like you knew each other very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a communication. It's the law of reciprocity, and I think that it it does actually according to de-individuation theory, is that it, it allows people to break down barriers faster when we have this way where we feel like we know some per somebody. Um, now, this can go in two different ways. <laughs> there is, uh, <laughs> there's two ways that it can go. It can be a benign disinhibition or toxic disinhibition. Mm. Now, benign disinhibition is also sometimes called the strangers on a train effect, which is, well, when you feel, you, you don't feel like necessarily anything bad's gonna happen if you open up to this person because you're you're anonymous somewhat. Uh, you can leave it and, and never talk to this person again. 
but particularly when you have an existing parasocial relationship with them, you feel more capable to open yourself up and be like, oh, I tell you everything about my life. And <laughs> if you've ever played like an MMO or talked to people online and, and just felt like I can just tell this person everything and you feel oh, like yeah. you know them really quick, right? Um, the flip side <laughs> is toxic disinhibition, which is also called the cockpit effect. And the flip side of this coin is that why it's called the cockpit effect is that the bombers who dropped bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know, said that when they did it, they felt like, like America, fuck yeah. But then <laughs> when they landed and were like, oh my God, and realized the horrible, horrible thing they had done. Mm. Um, it, one of them, by the way, never felt that way. He was just like, yep. And it's because you're, you're away from actually seeing the emotional manifestation and repercussions of your actions. So on the internet, you can just be like, fuck you. And, uh, Get someone canceled and what there's no repercussion for you and you never have to see what happens to them not really yeah, yeah. so that's that's the internet's good side and bad side in terms of how it affects relationships and interaction and at some point you buy someone's bathwater, right like that's usually the oh line. <laughs> that's the parasocial stuff that's the parasocial stuff um, and i don't know the idol worship stuff uh, i don't know enough about it to go into detail on it but yeah, that's a parasocial relationship of, oh, I know Belle Delphine, and I know that she would really like it if I bought her bath water. <laughs> uh, in terms of, one thing that is, though, is that I think a lot of people, when doing that, uh, it is communication reciprocity. It's like, oh, well, I'm receiving your content, so I have to give back to you oh, okay. in some way. I'm feeling like that's the reciprocal thing to do, is, is to give back for receiving content. Now, is the bath water thing really like a parasocial or more of like a, just a kinky, like weird yes. freak can they can be both <laughs> like do they need to be mutually exclusive no i think that, i think i think yes is probably the answer to that <laughs> the people that drank it really freaked me out the what the people that drank it oh ew dude that's uh, probably like it, some I... dude's bath water and <laughs> look wait aiden aiden knows this question if you if you drink it and you get herpes did you deserve it <laughs> oh god uh, i know Let's somebody vaped it i can't remember who did but vaped that's it yeah <laughs> i remember god. somebody said they vaped it that's wow. gross and cringe hey. at the same time. <laughs> my my brain is going back to that cough or that sarcophagus that we found that everyone wanted to drink the mystery water out of Ooh. oh i remember that yeah, yeah. What the heck? well there, there's there's a psychology to mystery too in that uh it, it's it's uncertainty uh, something called uncertainty reduction in that whenever we don't know what something is our our monkey brain inherently goes well i better figure out what it is so in that case i guess it's better drink it let's find look, out look, look let's who's put it the in first... our body well think about it who's the first person to eat a certain fruit and then go they peel the skin off they go oh this is way better like nailed it I've, I've always that's like one of those shower thoughts where you like sit around <laughs> thinking like how did humans come up with the idea to grind up this plant and make it into a paste and bake it make bread or weird coffee. stuff like that oh it's i like, know it's so much stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of trial and error there it's a lot of uncertainty reduction <laughs> but i love uh so i guess as uh, we were just kind of having all these conversations i wanted people to really kind of notice like your vernacular and kind of the way that you you speak you talk about data and i need more of this and that um it's because that's really the crux of what you do you you go through and you look for as many uh i'm assuming i'm assuming you either know that the research that you're looking at is already viable or do you read it and then deduce like in the middle of that whether or not like 
is this is this like I, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for like authentic or like um or do you kind of always know like when you're about to make a video on a subject do you kind of know what uh reports and research that you're looking for or do you kind of just hit it from all angles and look for the ones that seem to be the most respected or something like that I've actually well I usually have an idea of where to start uh, because okay of graduate school, doctoral school, stuff like that. But I found out very early on, people didn't like me citing the seminal studies and that, that doesn't have anything to do with fluids. It has to do with, with what was published first. So, because um, <laughs> uh, people were like, why are you citing something from 1963? And it's like, well, because that's the seminal work. But I, it's okay. It's not a great critique, guys, but I get it. I, I understand it is that people want to look at stuff and go like, why'd you cite something from 50 years ago? It's like, well, cause it's important to establish context. I don't do that anymore. Cause too many people think it's an own. That's literally the only reason I don't do it anymore. Gotcha. But, and, and it kind of wastes time. It's like, if I've cited it before, there's no reason to. Yeah. Um, okay. So usually what I do is I, I have an idea of theories and general stuff, <laughs> colloquially <laughs> speaking, sure. that goes on in, in social sciences. And uh, then I, I'll just, I know the, keywords, you know, like keywords, key theories, key ideas that I'm looking for. And then I just go to Google Scholar and I just read hundreds of, <laughs> of, of studies Damn. and uh, see whatever pops up, whatever I find interesting. And and to me, uh, both as my work, uh, my work uh, in the college and outside of it, and, and I think most researchers, good ones maybe, <laughs> would agree with me on this, is that what is interesting is not research that conforms to the idea that you held going into your search, hmm. but stuff that conflicts with it so because of hypothesis. So essentially yeah. the idea of not, well, I think people do that with movies and things that they care about. It's the idea of confirmation bias. Like if you don't go in looking for the other side, what are you really learning at the end of the day? Well, I, well if, you, if you want to compare that too much to movies, unfortunately you, you wind up at the, well, I violated your expectations. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, why don't you like this movie? Because it violated your expectations. Actually, there's so much research on expectancy violation and I, how it's I, not a good thing. <laughs> I listened to that as well. That was good. But uh, but no, it's it's more that when you have a hypothesis, which you know, before I start making a video, I have a hypothesis. It could be directional or non-directional. Directional means like I think this thing is positively related to this thing, or it could be non-directional, which means I think these two things are related in some way. Okay. But I usually have some reason based on research I've done in the past and readings I've done to think these two things are probably related or unrelated and um, which would be the null. Uh, and then if I find something that contradicts that expectation, that to me is really interesting because I have research-based rationales for presupposing it. So that's the stuff that I always get excited about, which is why I always try to, if I can find it, um, report on evidence that does not confirm whatever my video is about. And I think that's something everybody should do is try to find, if you can, something that disagrees with your point of view, just not just to give the opposite side a voice, but because it's really from a scientific perspective, yeah. um, mm -hmm. to make sure you don't just glaze over research that, that contradicts uh, your hypothesis. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely, well, cause it's just one of those things, like I said, I mean, if, if you're really only listening to the things that you believe or you, or you're searching that stuff out, it's just kind of like you, it was kind of always the talk about like letting people speak. It's like, it's a good and a bad thing. Cause it's like, yeah, you're saying something they don't like, but they are showing you their beliefs. So you get to, it, it saves time kind of, it's like, oh, they said this thing. 
So we kind of know where their mindset is to start, maybe? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you so. should, in terms of letting people speak, you should absolutely let them dig their own grave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if someone's saying something really dumb, don't interrupt them. Yeah, <laughs> right? Because it's, 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 this it's is why no one ever interrupts John. Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I was wondering how many degrees of separation we were going to get until it came back to me on the line. <laughs> um, so, so as everybody's hearing, you know, yeah, super educational, very precise. Um, and I'll, and I would really also like, if nobody's seen their videos, I have uh, seen your videos. I absolutely recommend them. Obviously. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, because, um, Sadly, when I first uh, started going through them, I, I was doing the same thing. It was just listening because of work. Um, the uh, I had to go back because um, I noticed all the clips that you were bringing up. You you really bring up Simpsons a lot. So yeah, um, <laughs> what's classic? You got these Simpsons, I, I and they the, reference like, everything. Oh like, yeah. Sim- yeah, Simpsons did it. Simpsons the did Simpsons it. So. Did it. <laughs> um, I uh, we've gotten Star Trek ones. We've gotten and in case nobody knows, uh, um. I hope this isn't derogatory towards you, Aiden. Uh, she mm-hmm. is what you may call a, a bit of a weeb, if you know. Oh, yeah. Machota weeb. <laughs> and that's where you got me a bunch is because you would use uh, some anime clips and they wouldn't, they'd obviously be uh, subtitled. So I had no oh, idea yeah. what the joke was. <laughs> so then when I'd go back and rewatch it, it was way funnier because your, um, your editing process is really good because uh, I think you even say yourself that you understand that this could be potentially monotonous or boring almost like a oh yeah college lecture (laughs) so you break it up with jokes and you're a little edgy too and i love oh yeah and i fucking love that by the way thank you i've toned down the edge because i I like ads but yeah (laughs) but yeah hey everybody likes money okay (laughs) and particularly at this point in time on youtube uh yeah i'm i'm very worried right now so about what happens to people talking about politics in any capacity Mm. who don't have a very specific point of view so we'll see what happens there but um so so is youtube kind of like your primary source are you still doing college stuff like you still like lecturing and things like that no i moved to the uk and i stopped doing it um i I had stopped before then i stopped before then I, i mean it was uh I was on a radio, when I started YouTube, I was on a sabbatical and uh, for like just health reasons. And then I was like, I hate not working. Yeah. So mm. let me find something to do with my free time. And I thought, well, what I like doing the most in terms of my work at school was getting in and, and teaching uh, people and being like, mm. oh, and, and watching them make connections. And I loved that when I was an undergrad too. I had this great professor who was. <laughs> like myself, very awkward in the classroom, but really personal. <laughs> I don't know how personal I am, but he was very personal outside of class, but he was very, very awkward. And he would use The Simpsons and The Office to like explain everything. Cause The Office is another one of those shows where if you talk about social phenomenon, there's yeah. some clip from The Office where it happened. <laughs> um, it, it really is. I try not to use The Office too much if only for copyright reasons, cause they, they're real quick to shut yeah. down on that. Um, but uh, there, there's always like a clip from The Office that that uh, or maybe like Parks and Rec. A lot of uh, 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 sitcoms have good social representations of communication phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember how much I loved the way that he would do that in his lectures, where he did he did essentially what I do, which is he'll go on and on about theory and then be like, "Let's watch a clip that would help um, illustrate how that 
might be seen in media or just a funny example of how that might manifest itself in a social situation. Um, and so I basically just stole his idea. <laughs> I don't Sorry. worry. I, I got a pastor friend who does that with his sermons too. So it's yeah. All... Lord of the Rings um, comes up a lot <laughs> in, in his, uh, in his stuff. That's I actually had a, I was talking to my friends about this the other day. I said, I, I also had a great class that was called, I can't remember what it was called, like philosophy and fiction. And, uh, and the guy was, he was a professor uh, and his specific, so like my uh, area of study is communication dash media psychology. His was philosophy dash Tolkien studies, which I didn't know was a thing. <laughs> so he was just a Tolkien uh, scholar, which was really cool. But I love that stuff. Was this the one that you said brought in a scroll? Yes, yes, that was him. The one oh. who brought in a giant, and he rolled it out on the floor, and it's this huge scroll of the whole history of Middle Earth. So cool! Wow. <laughs> what a cool dude! <laughs> my 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 nerd boner would have exploded. I'm a big oh, Lord of the Rings awesome. fan, uh, and uh, I've spent the last almost year and a half trying to get Michael to watch all three, and he just fucking. Won't I'm working do it. on it. I got he one left. The- he saw the first one, then took like six months to watch Two Towers, and then he still hasn't even finished it. Oh, you haven't really finished sure. them until you've watched the extended versions of which I think together are like 12 hours yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael's a bad person. I just want everyone aw. to know that. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm still angry at him about it. Um, it'll, it'll be your Christmas present. <laughs> all right. Fair no, you're watching the Hogfather for my Christmas present, <laughs> my guy. I'm sending your ass to Discworld right now. There you go. There, There's a question. Um, I guess so I don't make you you know play teacher to us all day um favorite christmas movie what's the what's the go-to uh die hard all right fair enough (laughs) okay uh, um uh really scrooged oh shit really Mm. yeah that is good i hear they're gonna ruin that with remaking it oh god why would you touch that movie it's perfect with kevin hart i think they're gonna use kevin hart are they going to kill much, Bill Murray? That doesn't this, even make sense to are me. Are they going to kill Bill Murray in this one like they did with Ghostbusters 2016? I don't know, but The Rock's probably, probably going to be one oh, of yeah. the ghosts. Oh, God. I, watch. That would be awful. I mean, I, I, I personally mm-hmm. think that I have very hard Ghost of Christmas Past energy from that film. Identify <laughs> 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 with her. Uh, oh, look, there's Mr. Hedgehog. I wonder where he's going. Perhaps to Holland is my favorite quote from that film. <laughs> and right before she kicks him in the nuts. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, if I have to pick an actual Christmas movie, it's it's probably Scrooge. Really good one. What a great choice. I haven't seen that in a billion years. Now I'm gonna have to watch it. I watch it every year. Every year I watch that one. That's a good one. Yeah, mine's a mine's a two parter. I got I need Jingle All the Way for sure. Mm -hmm. And then Muppet Christmas Carol happens on Christmas Eve right before I go to bed. Oh, Muppet Christmas Carol is great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I I I embarrassing fact for you. I remember because Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the first tellings of a Christmas Carol that I'd ever watched, hmm. um, at least in movie form. And um, usually I'd read the story or I'd, my grandma would read me a book or something about it. Um, so then I was like, oh, I'm so pumped. This is great. What a, what a great story. And the music's great. I love it. Um, then Patrick Stewart, sir, Patrick Stewart, sorry, did yeah. a version <laughs> for like TNT or something. And I watched yeah. it and, and I was watching it. And we're like 30 minutes in, he like got to the door knocker and I'm like, this is really boring. Why is nobody saying a song yet? <laughs> um, 100% thought Christmas Carol was a musical. Well, it does. It is. 
has Carol in the title. That's I what mean. I'm saying. <laughs> it's yeah, that's that one's followed me for a while. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but uh, man, I just, there's so many things. So um, I guess what's the other? Uh, you bring up. I, I, I'm gonna slaughter this. I can bring it up. Uh, Udemodia and kind of uh, that with um, mood management, essentially. I, yeah, I, I found that really interesting. Yeah, there's uh, there's two basic uh, theories of okay, really quickly, the way Bring that it. media psycho the way that media psychology uh, originally began as as a study was pretty prime like basic what what are we looking at here as to why do people watch movies why do people listen to radio shows we're talking old stuff you know like 1920s era research why do people go to the pictures um why do people read uh books you know and uh, the basic premise was uh hedonia which is hedonic pleasure of it well it, it makes us feel good. It has, it makes us have good feelings to read these things. It's why we want to see the hero always succeed. And we want to see the love interests always get together, but then really quickly, like immediately, some other researchers went, um, excuse me, let me introduce you to, I don't know, all of the Shakespearean tragedies. So that doesn't make any sense. The idea that the only reason that we engage with media is to feel good. Uh, and so the, the, uh, the next sort of theory that came in there, I'm going to get to eudaimonia in a second, yeah. was something called excitation transfer. And what excitation transfer posits is that, well, we want to see the hero succeed, but we also want to see them struggle. So uh, basically, by excitation transfer, uh, you have building energy that happens over the course of engaging in a narrative. So it's getting more and more tense, more and more tense, uh, but, but things are headed in a good way. And then when things drop off a cliff, and you think these are terrible, oh, this is so awful. It's the scene in the, the superhero movie where, you know, they, they've been knocked out and you think it's all over and, and, and everybody's crying and then they arise triumphantly. And the, uh, the pith of excitation transfer theory is that that dip of the, the depressive stuff actually creates a greater excitation, a greater amount of excitement, a greater amount of joy and enjoyment. But... <laughs> <laughs> excitation transfer still relies on the concept of a happy ending hmm. so there were some problems with that so probably now, kind of like why they talk about like some people would say that like empire strike back and um infinity war having these like kind of downer endings it's right. somber but they stick with you so then when the wind comes it's like way more impactful maybe oh yeah then it's like then all of the energy that you had built up from the previous thing is going to be so much stronger than than what you had before but it still doesn't explain depressing endings yeah and there are a couple of, yeah there are a couple of theories that, that have, have tackled it but what eudaimonia is is it's meaningfulness it's like kind of the opposite of, of uh, hedonic pleasure eudaimonia it means meaning making so it a movie can be have a really sad ending, but if it gives you some kind of message or something to think about, then that can be just as enjoyable as a happy ending because mm -hmm. it, it gives you this philosophical uh, thing to chew on, I guess. Yeah. And there's a lot of support for for uh, eudaimonic uh, pleasure as well, which is, it, again, completely in contrast to what the original theorists uh, in media psychology, and by that <laughs> I mean the people starting like the 20s, not you know, like the Greek philosophers who were doing this a couple centuries before <laughs> yeah. and where the words arise from, um, which are, of course, both Greek. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's the idea of meaning making. And I think that there, that when we look at why do we like sad movies, why do we like depressing endings? It's because we get something else out of it that provides meaning or um, 
psychological or philosophical uh, contextualization to our own lives. Yeah, I could totally say that because I, I was talking to these guys. I'm watching Hill House, right? Haunting a Hill House right now. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of seeing this struggle. It's like, I'm even at a point where I'm just like, even if mm-hmm. it ends like on a downer, I'm like, man, there was so much building to whatever. Yeah. It's like, I'd still, it's probably going to stick with me harder than if it was like, oh, every actually it was all a dream and everybody's happy or something. Like oh, that. that's awful. You <laughs> yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was all a dream. Like, but even if like there was some way to give me a happy ending, I guess it's like, and I hate using the term happy ending constantly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I have said that like the idea is that like, because then you kind of wonder, it's like, well, why didn't they get the, the end, you know, the fucking hell happy ending? Like, why didn't they get there? Or like, would it have been as impactful had they done it? Like, would I just go, oh, okay, yeah, they did the thing. That was fun. Cool ending. Move on. Or it's like, it maybe not even might sit, it might sit poorly with you. And for that, you're kind of more, it's kind of like when we watched like TLJ and we're mad at it. Like I'm spending more time learning about that movie because I'm mad at it versus like, if I would, if I would have just enjoyed it, I probably wouldn't have talked about it nearly as much. I don't know if right. that relates to itself, well, but well, that's well, the that, marketing that, of that movie. <laughs> uh, that's another psychological effect though. It's halo and horn effect though, in terms of what we remember. Um, Cognitively, we remember things that actually piss us off or make us upset more easily, more readily than we remember things that make us happy. So, because oh, of, yeah, of the, course, you, we're gonna, what are we going to call that nowadays? The YouTube comment section theory? Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can have 500 great comments, but it's the one that tells you to go eat a butt that you're going to stick. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, I know that. Yep. That's how it works. But it, it's, it's more than that, though, too. Again, it's, it's a movie that leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth. You know, apparently if you paid to see it, like, yeah. uh, so you have a, you have an actual physical cost there. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, and then that's the horn effect where then everything associated with that film is tainted for you because of your negative experience. And it also, it does affect um, uh, a recall because there is a primacy and recency effect in that we remember things that we saw first and we remember the things that we saw most recently. Uh, those are the things that we, we recall to mind first. Mm-hmm. And when your first experience with a film, let's say Star Wars, is your primacy, your, your prime introduction to Star Wars is the original trilogy, or even the, the sequels, if you really liked them, and then you have this thing that runs very counter to it, well, you have two memories <laughs> that are conflicting uh, and are both very readily available. And, and because they're conflicting with each other, they create dissonance, and that's psychologically uncomfortable. And then you want to try to resolve that dissonance, and if that's by saying, you know, fuck The Last Jedi, fuck... Um, <laughs> Everybody involved in, in the, 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 excuse me, not, I said the prequels before, did I ever say sequels? Everyone involved with the sequels, fuck them. It, it, it <laughs> there creates, you go. Um, just a negative yeah. psychological state. You don't want to, that's why people are mad. And I, I, <laughs> I think that more movies, these multi-million dollar huge projects need a media psychologist to be somewhere in, in the writing room or production staff to be like, mm, don't do that. You're going to piss everybody off. Like just, just someone to give them notes. Especially <laughs> when they're dealing with franchises that have been around for forever. Well, like... That's the thing. And then it's just like, also it surprises me to see it happening almost like it's, it's, you know how MCU is like a superhero formula. Somehow movie studios have created the perfect formula for completely disenfranchising people from stories that they loved. Like it's insane. You saw it with Terminator. You saw it with, um, you saw it with Star Trek. You saw it with, Oh God. Um, fucking game of Thrones did it to themselves. It was insane. 
like to watch to watch the the diminishing returns uh in quality it's isn't it's, the walking dead doing the same thing too i think yeah to be fair that show's always been kind of retarded though i stopped watching <laughs> after season four so i don't know <laughs> First season was good, and it was just kind of on a downhill <laughs> yeah. from there. Hey, the comics, if you'd read the comics, you should have been expecting <laughs> Just saying. Uh, no, no offense to, um, what's his name? Robert uh, Kirkman? Kirk, Kirkman? Yeah. Yeah, now Kirk Bride's the guy who writes um, <laughs> uh, uh, Elder Scrolls games, who's awesome. Uh, yeah, Kirkman. Uh, no offense to him. Uh, he's much better on, in, uh, in uh, what is it? Invincible. Yeah, one of my favorite comics. I love Invincible. Uh, very, gets... Also has the problem of you've been writing this for too long now, Kirkman. <laughs> um, uh, the, the Walking Dead had a lot of those problems very early on in the comics as well. I stopped reading it years before the show even started just because it had this uh, clearly, again, going on for too long problem. And, and as for why they keep ruining stuff, seemingly intentionally, I almost have to wonder if, because we live in a clickbait uh, world of, uh, of the way news is handled, if it's almost like they know that they'll get hate watches mm. and they they're hedging their bets on we'll get people to see this just because we think they'll hate it and then mm. then they'll want to go see it really badly to to justify to themselves their own pre-existing hate because mm. um to avoid cognitive dissonance we always seek to confirm our pre-existing beliefs so if i see all these advertisements for this shitty star wars movie and i go see it and i hate it well, I've confirmed, and I, I have this now consistent internal belief, so I feel very psychologically safe, but they just made money. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. pirating exists. So so I don't know how effective that is when you're essentially encouraging pirate, encouraging pirating. The but Walking that Dead has be. been like three well, that rationalities. Like, that just feels so, I mean, because I could see it, but that seems so like front, like, like, but, but it feels so like, lacking forward thinking because it's like well then Kirkman. you diminished your you got you got the box yeah. office numbers good for you but man your merch sales there's going to be no return like you're not going to come back you're not going to watch it multiple times in the theater to hate it you, and you're not going to yeah, buy it when it comes out on the 4k mm -hmm. i mean unless you need the footage for oh, yeah. a video or something but yeah <laughs> you know because i know or i know i know youtubers fall into that trap they have to get the footage yeah. of their video or works, the collectors but... who just want to have everyone from the franchise and shit like that. So then I'm, I'm curious, Aiden, this was something I'd brought up. This was a little shower thought of mine where I almost think, and I hate to sound like a fucking boomer, which I'm going to. So here we go. Um, so like we grow up in like, cause you, well, you see it with your videos, the length, always with the length. We're used to these 10 minute, five, 10 minute reviews. We're used to TikToks and vines and, and you know snapchatting and stuff like that so people really are taking in their media piece by piece by piece that's why i think a lot of these movies can get away with it from time to time is that as long as the scene told me that this is the way it is they can change my mind with every scene hmm. if it's something like that because i've always thought because uh, i mean again we'll do with the star wars movie it's like Almost from scene to scene, Kylo Ren is a different character. Almost his motivations change in almost every scene, definitely in every movie. Um, and then you have somebody like Ray, who doesn't really even seem to have a motivation other than to be there and be hero. And it's just because the scene told us either through blatant dialogue yeah, or just I got because a it happened. Sad because I'm like, it's oh, like, well, I it happened. Therefore, <laughs> that's the way it is. Deal with it, Cora, if you will. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I think what that goes down to is something called cognitive miserliness. And I think that when you're, we are existing in a world of competing media, always uh, trying to grab your attention. People have less ability to, to um, donate any amount of their time to any given piece of media. On top of that, what cognitive miserliness is, is an inherent uh, function and, fa uh, and reality of our psychology, which is that we only have so much, like the brain takes up so much energy more energy than any other organ for the most part. And maybe your digestive tract takes up a little more, I don't know, but a lot. It's the majority of our energy goes to keeping our really complicated brains functioning. Uh, and as a result of that, any more time you have to spend thinking about stuff is is not necessarily the best use of energy because it, mm -hmm. it, it does mean you're gonna have to work. Your brain has to work and it's gonna consume energy. And be, to in order to reduce the amount of energy that's consumed because you know it could be better spent thinking about positive stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think people seek to avoid it sometimes. It, it's not just with media, it's with everything. People don't wanna think too much about stuff because it's just a, a lot of, of cognitive energy expenditure. And so if it's, TikToks are a perfect example. Only have to put eight seconds into this, or not TikToks, what was it before that? Um, Vines. 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 Yeah, where, uh, yeah, I only have to spend eight seconds devoting my attention to this and it can give me a feeling and it can give me that shot of, of eudaimonia or hedonia probably usually hedonia not eudaimonia <laughs> but it can give me that shot of, of excitation it can give me that shot of, of enjoyment for eight seconds i don't have to think about it uh, i don't expend any cognitive energy and it's over and i think it's the same thing with things like star wars where they're not expecting you to pay attention yeah. because they know most people aren't going into it with that um intent they don't expect maulers. I mean, the average viewer is not a mauler. It's just right? nerd stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember the term you used. Uh, you did bring it up on one of those EFAPs where it was uh, it was literally almost, you almost said it word for word, uh, how people don't want to expend that kind of time. So they start to try and push people into a certain category. Like they look for a buzzword or, you know, a red flag to immediately... Because you see it in politics, obviously, like they say something mm -hmm. and they push them over to a category. Therefore, OK, well, they said this one thing. Therefore, I don't need to listen to the rest because it's already obvious. Mm. Yeah, that's social identity theory. <laughs> OK, uh, but there's all, the subsection of that is social categorization theory, okay. which is, yeah, it's basically that. OK, so social identity is we have our OK, psychology is like ogres. It has layers. And by that, I mean, we have our we have our individual identity that lies in the center of our self concept. And these are the things that we hold very deep into who we are, like our, our deep held values and the things that we are morals, stuff like that. And then around us, we have Vine. Uh, things that we might believe in a little bit. And then outside of that, we have our social identities and they exist kind of on the periphery, but they're still an important part of what makes up the core. Mm -hmm. And our social identities are all of the groups that we perceive ourselves to be a part of. Uh, so, you know, I could say like, oh, I'm a libertarian, so I identify with libertarian. Therefore, what other libertarians do has something to, to do with my core sense of the self. Uh, what self -ca or what uh, social categorization, excuse me, self-categorization theory is, is that I categorize myself as libertarian, as a Star Trek fan, as whatever. I have all these categories that, that form that sense of self. And as a product of that, I also have to categorize everybody else into a box. This is done for a really obvious reason. Again, it's cognitive miserliness. It takes so much energy to have to figure out who somebody actually is. It's much easier to just say, eh, this label, that label, that label. Yeah. And that's just all done, again, for the sake of, of simplicity and, and um, 
avoiding having to think too much about stuff. But yeah, that's that's categorization theory. So, so that's basically what that is. So do you think that's necessarily bad or do you think it actually might just be a good thing just for the sake of time frame? Uh, it's a cognitive heuristic and heuristics are uh, a developmental, a, a evolutionary part of our development. And the reason why we developed heuristics, which are um, flash judgments or snap judgments, mm -hmm. is because if you're walking through the field and you see a, a stick in the grass, you have to immediately make a snap judgment of is that a stick or is that a snake? Ah. And it's out of this that we come to say, you're a bad person because I have some inkling that you look kind of like a snake. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. So we use peripheral cues, instantaneous cues that we can see about somebody's person, things that they've said. And again, it goes back to primary and recency processing. So if the first thing I hear about someone is, oh, Mahler is a big, long, nasty Nazi man, it's going to be hard for me to rechain to, to challenge my um, initial categorization. Mm, yeah. because to re to challenge my initial categorization creates cognitive dissonance. So <laughs> we end up in this conundrum where people make a primal effect or primal uh, categorization of somebody. They put them into this box. And then if I, ch I challenge that categorization, that creates cognitive dissonance, which is psychologically uncomfortable. And they're very unlikely to change that opinion. And there's the whole <laughs> psychological <laughs> process right just there. A, just, a, just a nasty, stupid circle of dumb. <laughs> right. right. Just... But we all do it. We all yeah, do it. It's very absolutely. hard to change. Uh, first uh, impressions are almost impossible to change. Mm. Yeah. And why do you think they label people like that, though? Because they do want that first imp impression to, to stick. Yeah, especially yeah. in this day and age. Like, man, it's, it's shit. Essentially, I feel like we're at a lecture because this is pretty much what school is like. So not even just getting your basic. <laughs> like, No, 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 no. In a good way. Like, I, are you kidding me? There's a reason why you're here. I've, <laughs> I'm enthralled. Um, but it's funny because honestly, I mean, like, this is essentially what school is now. Zoom calls for everybody. So you're already. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. You're already kind of having that issue of like even just your basic day to day um, dealing with social issues, just like your own personal space or dealing with, you know, loud noises and stuff. I'm noticing because I still work in like like I do stocking stuff. So I'm always in like big grocery stores with people around. But you see like like online shopping a lot more and things like that. So it's like even just the basic day to day stuff doesn't feel as like in your face as it used to be. Like I'm not even dealing with like like I'm not even mad that like in high school you get pissed off at the person who has really bad B.O. or the person who's too loud or the person who's, you know, <laughs> wearing big bright shirt. And I don't have I just don't have those 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 interactions anymore. And I wonder if that's like really hurtful to I, I'm enjoying humans, myself because we're pretty like we want to be societal based i don't know hence the sure hence why bars and restaurants still stay open from time to time sometimes uh, it goes back into de-individuation though which is the the a fancy word of saying anonymity the mm. process of being de-individuated made not an individual okay. um there are some things that pop out of this like i said it's the toxic disinhibition and the benign disinhibition so being an, an asshole or being really nice to people that you meet in the same community there's also something called the social identity model of de-individuation effects or side theory and what side theory posits is that in this lack of individuation people come together really strongly into social groups they form social norms at an accelerated rate so memes that form between a group of people are accelerated in their production in an online space. So I think that basically we come up with ways to deal with isolation and being anonymous. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> and I think that obviously a lack of social uh, interaction is deleterious to psychological health, but we find ways to to try and mitigate it. And I think that that's, you know, obviously in the wake of, of the stuff that's happening, uh, online use has exploded and online usage has exploded, uh, but it doesn't make like group norms and stuff go away. It in fact only uh, exacerbates them. And, and means that, for it more maybe. Yeah. 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 And a social identity model of the individuation effects again, is that like people will form these incredibly tight knit groups and they'll in develop their own way of speaking. I remember a, a couple of years ago, a couple of friends of mine who were all sort of involved in the YouTube stuff got to a point where we were not speaking in anything approaching English. It was just like inside jokes. <laughs> and it was the best example yeah. of, of side that I'd ever seen. But I think that so for all of the lack of the, you know, inter uh, interpersonal communication we would normally have in a physical space, we have these <laughs> coping mechanisms that are built into our psychology that allow us to find ways to get around it. They're not a replacement. But allow us to kind of move around it in a way without going absolutely insane. So far, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> I'm not sure how long it well, lasts. Well, I just think it's funny that you brought that up with with your friend. Like you almost have like you know inside language because you you know mannerisms and and jokes and all that stuff. I have noticed. I I don't know if it's just me, but we we've done it. I'm sure. But I've noticed society like because movies are doing it too. Mm. Like instead of like writing English, like it was something I noticed with Ghostbusters, uh, the first Ghostbusters movie is like they try to use like almost like it feels like a textbook word like their dialogue is very it feels dictionary like ambiguous definition type words and nowadays because like that way that conversation can work like at any time frame because it's just the fundamental word usage that they're trying to use for the situation versus people using idioms and memes for their dialogue these days and i've noticed a lot more idioms being part of the thing so it kind of ages your movie really quickly like i i don't know oh, yeah if, I, I just... oh, the, the meme stuff in a film <laughs> yeah that dates it instantaneously yeah. I, and i don't know unless we end up living in a darmok society which we might be moving towards uh that's the episode of star trek uh, next generation where the Nerd. Alien species speaks entirely in metaphors yeah. <laughs> i mean sometimes i do see modern media and feel like that it's darmokian in that it's it's just these references to other movies and other things and social stuff that will make no sense in 10 years. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's kind um, of, I, I actually uh, was messaging the boys the other day because we started talking in just random shit on the podcast. We, we make shit up. So I've been telling them I'm just going to use that as my own, you know, language because like <laughs> la I think it was last week. Uh, yeah. he said something about it was so last Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just was like, you know fall. what? I'm I'm just gonna use that from now on. So, yeah, like I I see it all the time though, where where people are talking in memes and shit like that, and it's getting crazy. What, Michael? You oh, you're on bath salts again, bro? That's so last Florida. Like, what right. are you doing? <laughs> um, I guess uh, we've been. I've been kind of just putting the mic in your face and asking you all questions. So I figure yeah, it's not until I run out of answers, <laughs> I'm fine. But I don't want to like talk over everybody else. Uh, oh no, you're good. That. That's why you're, that's why you're here. Fuck these two jabronis. <laughs> no. I, Normally it's right, just now John. I'm going to mute John. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I figured, uh, you got, I don't know how much Michael gives a shit, but you got two doctor who fans in here. 
And I oh, am very yeah. curious. How have you enjoyed the last few years of Doctor Who? <laughs> you think I'm going to watch Jodie Whittaker? No, thanks. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. No, it's out of protest. I'm not either. doing it. I never started. Um, I have I no interest. I've read... I've read some of the summaries and I've watched some people's reviews and that's about all I feel. I don't want to waste my time. I'd rather listen to somebody whose opinion I respect to some degree talk about it than, than waste my time watching those episodes. They but, clearly have no respect for the fans, so I won't respect them. But 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 their special effects are so much better now, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that, great. That's what we knew about Doctor Who, right? Was yeah, effects. that's why I was tuning in to Doctor Who is, is for the special effects clear clear complete hey, lack of understanding hey. of why your audience watches you you know you loved that photoshop job in rose uh, oh. <laughs> yeah i i don't mind i mean like i i you know i i started watching doctor who with new who yep completely honest mm -hmm. i watched a couple of i watched a little bit of specials here and there on tv but i always caught them like midway through and i was like what the heck is this as a kid and it wasn't until far later that I went back and, and started to watch the old stuff, um, which I, for the most part, love of what I've seen. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I can mostly only speak with authority. Of, authority do, you remember, you know, do, like, you, do you remember your first memory. episode? Do you remember your first episode you saw? Uh, I was just told about it and I went to Netflix and it was up and I started with uh, Christopher Eccleston and he's maybe my favorite doctor. Not I really. really love Eccleston. I love Eccleston. Eccleston uh, is awesome. I think he is kind of underappreciated because he was only in there for one series. Yeah. But um, I really like that, particularly when you put it into context of the War Doctor and where he fell into the timeline, it makes sense. When he when he rages out, it is so mm. scary. It's very, like, it's scary when, when Matt Smith and um, David Tennant do it as well. But when Eccleston does it, it's terrifying. And it's much more frequent when he gets mad. And I really like that kind of scary aspect because mm. that's just, every doctor has that capacity yeah. to be scary. Um, and uh, I just like Eggleston's of the new Who doctors. Well, and he was a little bit older too. Like that was kind of nice to yeah. at least when they rebooted it, they didn't have the pretty boys, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, like I originally was not super happy about the Matt Smith pick because I was like, yeah. oh, another pretty boy. But then that's kind of fantastic. That yeah, was my I, wife. I really liked him. Uh, <laughs> really it's liked him. he became my wife's favorite. Let's see. Girl, girl in the fireplace was my first episode. I'll oh, okay. Never I'll never forget Sophia Miles, because then I ended up watching Moonlight. Uh, oh yeah, vampire detective show, which I actually yeah. ended up liking too. Um, it was like it wanted to be Angel so bad. Um, oh. the other way around, I guess. Um, but I got a so I got I watched that one, and I'm I'm a I'm a Tenet simp. I, I like David Tenet. I like Tenet a lot. I like Tenet um, a lot. But uh. I always, I always had to say that, like, Eccleston, I liked all around the board. I think Tennant got away with a lot of stuff for me because I just liked him, like, mm -hmm. a lot. And they got – he had some cool storylines. I liked um, – I didn't like Matt Smith as much, but I I, I liked um, Karen Gillian and uh, Rory and – fuck. Arthur I can't DeVille. remember her name. Well, it's Rory and – I can't remember her name for God's sake. River uh, Amy Amy Pond. Oh, River. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Like and it was one of, it was one of those things where it's like I found myself in the Matt Smith era enjoying the companions more than the doctor and then in Tenet and Eccleston Eccleston I liked everything and Tenet I kind of just liked Tenet more. He had he had some really cool stories like Water on Mars is like Oh yeah. peak like peak Doctor Who for me. I, I guess the toss up is really is what's the opinion on Capaldi? Cuz my yeah. opinion on Capaldi is great doctor 
terrible writing all around him. Like, yeah. <laughs> some of the first episodes were okay, but as it became obvious that the writers hold contempt for this character. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I must imagine the Jodie Whittaker stuff is like. Oh, it, I mean, maybe it feels like not. they're making him a full-out villain now. Like, why even bother yeah. with the master? They're just making the doctor seem like this horrible fucking person. What? Well, I, <laughs> I guess is the opposite. That. Is it the opposite? The case with Whittaker that now she's that now that the doctor's a woman, then she has to be perfect. That's what I I don't want. I have any interest in watching it, so I could be talking out my ass. I have no clue. I. Uh... It was the way that they introduced how the doctor became the doctor is. Oh God! That. Yeah, that fucking hurt my yeah. soul. Yeah, I couldn't I, do it, man. It hurt my soul. I to I, be fair, I I liked Capaldi okay. I didn't like any of his companions. His stories were pretty weak. The only one, the only thing that ever stuck out to me was the his war speech with the two people yes. about to push the uh, button. I was like, my, the, I was like, really good. I was like, my, if you can give me that all the time, I'm like, I'm I'm in. But I just. That, what that might like? be my favorite quote out of the entire franchise so far. It's really, yeah. It's that scene stuff. is extremely strong. And I think overall, again, I think it was Capaldi. It's a really good actor who was mostly handed very underwhelming, if not outright crappy stories to deal with. And then he had to like work <laughs> over time to try and figure out how to fix it. I, um, I think he, his see. For me, his series started off weak, but got stronger as he went. Mm-hmm. But I think it was mostly because they really started appealing to people who saw the classic episodes. So, uh, uh, the uh, the Empress of Mars, oh. yeah, the yeah. Reintro- reintroduction of Alpha Centauri, Peladon yeah. is my favorite stories. <laughs> I think that that's important, though, um, for all of these franchises. You should not alienate your core fan base. Do things that can help right. bring in a new fan base while not shitting all over the people who built your brand. It's really not complicated. It's so crazy. I, like it feels like it feels like rule number one. Like it just should be. adhere. Just adhere to the group that made made your reboot possible in the first place. It's like And I don't know why every series feels compelled to do it. I guess yeah. it's because you know they want to shed the old and in with the new. But the reality is that Every attempt to do this has been a complete nightmare from Ghostbusters to Star Trek to Star Wars, Doctor Who. It doesn't matter. All these sci-fi franchises, how have you not figured it out yet? Stop doing it. <laughs> Stop. It's, it's Stop. fucking wild. It's so wild. And it's just like at a point, it's like, what? if you're going to remake it, just remake it. Like, just remake it and just try and redo it. Like, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess with Doctor, Doctor Who, I I dropped out. I dropped out at fifty, like uh, the fiftieth anniversary. That oh was, yeah, that was pretty much the last episode I watched. Like, I gave Capaldi a couple of runs, but when he did the what was it, the Sonic sunglasses and the guitar on the tank, <laughs> I it was, was like, a bit silly. I was I... like, what the fuck am I watching? I was like, the scene was kind of funny because he was giving it his all, but I was just like, I I don't know what's happening, guys. <laughs> I've I've my mind is melting. I need. I need to. The only reason why I like the fiftieth is because I like John Hurt. That was pretty. Yeah. Good. The saddest part about Capaldi for me was I loved his first costume, and then he slowly lost it and went to a hoodie. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that hoodie. was unfortunate too. Well, this I mean... is why you guys should watch good sci-fi stuff and not crap. How dare you? Oh. Doctor Who is fantastic, and you're a bad person. Well, it sucks now, but. Well, what is good sci-fi oh. at this point? Yeah, I was gonna say, are you loving Picard? Ugh. <sighs> How about STD? Are we fucking on that one right now? What about Lower oh, Decks, dude? Oh my god, that's so cool. Uh, I just heard that so funny. an X-Files version of that. Uh, no, what? Don't. Oh, please yeah. no. What? They're going to do an X-Files 
cartoon in the same vein as uh, lower decks yeah oh, fuck off <laughs> I, no. I actually didn't think season 10 was terrible i actually liked most of of the the, the last season i guess of the x-files of that the was... x-files the one that yeah. came out like years later mm-hmm. yeah the one that came out like four years ago now yeah yeah cool, but they should have like i, I would have liked more of a wrap-up like because they didn't do another season after that, which kind of sucks. No. So you just see Mulder just freaking in a car, like basically handicapped or whatever the heck they did to him now. I don't know. Well, I, it I had one confused. other. I, I, it had an episode that I think was on par with the classic X Files episode, and I, I can't remember mm-hmm. the title of it now. But it's the one where they go and eat sushi, and there's no dialogue in the whole episode. That one was really interesting. It it gave me the feeling of like a good premise, and it was done well like a like a good classic 90s sci-fi tv show episode mm. uh of taking a premise no talking and just showing everything visually i really liked that uh, it was it was it like a, a top 10 x-files episode no but it was maybe a top 20 yeah uh, uh and there was good stuff i actually really liked the trump scene in it where trump they had like a an alien come down and he's he's building a wall around the, <laughs> the galaxy <laughs> and it's very like it's ridiculous but i thought that was quite funny actually it was, it was like one of the only trump jokes i i've really enjoyed in in media because it was actually like funny um uh, well, that was i mean you got you got to know like the best trump story ever told was shrek we all know this right that was Trump <laughs> He wanted to build a wall around the swamp. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. It was just green instead of orange. Yeah. I, I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> they knew that and was he's gotta foresight. Deal with, he's got to deal with this annoying donkey. Oh my God, it's all coming together now. <laughs> Nostra dumbass right here. They saw that shit. They saw that years in the making. It's beautiful. I love it. Oh, wow. See? Blue, mine's blown everyone you're welcome you are all welcome uh so i guess uh i mean now i can't man. watch that fucking movie <laughs> See, i ruined it thanks <laughs> so what so I, we're actually going to attempt um to Uh-oh. figure out because we have all the holidays we just finished up halloween i guess mm. if we can say that and given it's still going on in my house so chill. right fair enough it's so, snowed the day after here <laughs> We watched, so we gave movies to each other to watch, and we're going to kind of do it for every holiday at this point. Except no, thanks, uh, yeah. no, not every holiday. What? How dare you? I'm, I'm waiting for my Nigerian pick for Kwanzaa? What? Um, <laughs> go to the, what? Isn't that something you did, Aiden? You went to a bargain bin and just bought a bunch of Nigerian films for like a dollar or something, he said? Yeah. Where did I do that at? Oh, yeah. It was at a, it was at a, a thrift store. And there were like a ton of these like weird, I don't know if they were Nigerian. They were some, I don't remember where they were from, but they were from some country in Africa. And forgive my ignorance that I, I really don't know the difference, but I'm not going to claim that I do. Um, I, I, some of them I do, but th- these ones I don't remember where they were from. And they were, it, it was like, you know, everybody in Uganda knows Kung Fu tier stuff, but way less interesting because they were all dramas. They were all dramas that were shot in like one room with like a, horrible vhs camera and they were all on dvd and i got them all for like a buck and uh, we tried watching all of them but <laughs> too much wow. kind of like, no just boring nothing fun wow. happened to them. Bummer. i mean women get, so, women get slapped a lot like there's a lot of women slapping in it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I don't know about you like, but that sounds like a great time 
it's almost like they're made in third world countries. I don't know. Mm, <laughs> There's a lot of women's clapping, and that was about all I remember about them. <laughs> but so yeah, not I got as good as somewhere. Bollywood films. Oh no, Bollywood films are, for the most part are fantastic. Apparently, the, mm -hmm. the big scale productions are, mm. are really fun. But no, these were more like. Uh, Shot by VHS tapes and shit. Yeah, stuff someone made in their garage. You know. Yeah. The oh, they're from Lagos. Lagos. That's where they were from. Lagos. Sorry, Lagos. Oh. Which is where is where's Lagos? But that's a city. Which I don't know. That's a that that would require me to know what a globe or a map was. <laughs> I, I oh, okay. it is Nigeria. It is Nigeria. Okay, so yeah, they were from Lagos, which is Nigeria. Oh, was, oh, you were right. Was... <laughs> there you go. Boom. I'm going to take it. My, my, can I take my <laughs> ignorance card back, please? Thank you. Yeah, no, you got it no. right. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. So, so what, so what, okay, so Halloween, we picked Friday the 13th, mm -hmm. which I enjoyed. Darkness Falls. No, you didn't pick Friday the 13th. No, I'm saying like the three we picked. Oh, the three we picked. We didn't so... do Darkness Falls this year. I did. I made I made Tivis do Darkness Falls because I made oh, okay. Michael do it last year. Piece of shit um, film. <laughs> how dare you be kind of correct? And I'm sad about it. Um, I enjoyed. Like, only cool thing about Darkness Falls is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cameo, and that's it. How dare the you? That's for like toys? ten seconds in the bathroom. <laughs> that sounds inappropriate. And then what was the, what was the third one? can't remember we did this year we did oh, Friday the thing, 13th, that was the thing and, and return, uh, yeah. return of the living or the the return, return of, of the living dead yeah which that was fun so aiden if you were gonna halloween us what are you what are you picking oh Naroi the course it's a mm -hmm. japanese film by shirai shikoji it's probably my favorite horror film uh it's oh. noroi n-o-r-o-i the curse uh i i love it it's familiar. got some love crap got some lovecraft stuff in it it's um it's found footage and it's an extremely slow mover i think it's like two and a half hours and almost nothing happens in it but that's the kind of horror movie that i like if you you watch red letter media jay and i have like identical uh taste in horror films really? <laughs> we like the real boring slow movers that's funny. so basically what i just heard is this is gonna traumatize me <laughs> it'll traumatize you the music alone uh creeps me out if you want something like uh everything that shirai shikoji has done uh, as a director i really recommend he also he's done two movies one called occult and one called karuto which is the japanese pronunciation of cult and they are two different movies one occult one cult noroi the curse uh i really suggest those and uh, uh there's also kaiki shinin shoju but that one's a short and it just means dead girl walking uh, if you have 20 minutes and want to watch a girl walking around while her skin falls off and she rots, that's an interesting short. <laughs> He's a very good director, though. I really like his stuff. I have very, seen this film. I, I mean, if she gets slapped a long then time then ago, I'll, then I'll jump in. <laughs> it's uh, If you like sort of existential dread, his movies are good for that. Uh, Karuto, cult spelled with a K, is about a girl band pop group that gets uh, haunted by... Uh, love creep, love I've seen that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's a good one. And there's a, <laughs> is like it, a young is, is hot... fucking spoiler. Isn't there like a scene where a girl drinks like bleach or something? No, that I'm... that might be. It sounds like white, which is a Korean horror film. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Fuck. Uh, I was like, <laughs> no, white. White is a favorite of mine. I I often recommend that to people who are getting into into Asian horror because it's like that one is short. 
it's fast paced and it's it's solid. Is it great? Nah, but it's it's good. It's a solid pick. I I oh. I quite enjoyed myself. I like I like the fact that you brought up uh, Lovecraftian elements. Every Shiraishi Koji film has Lovecraftian stuff in it. Well, I mean, it can't be as oh, good as no. Lovecraft Country, right? Oh God. <laughs> He's going to his library. Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him go. He needs to get his curator out. <laughs> Ch- oh, shit. I wasn't even recording on my end. Um, I-, I was looking for his, uh, Gozu, which mm-hmm. I have. That I love that film. It's uh... I have a whole list of, of Asian. I used to run a... Um... Yeah. I used to run a panel at anime conventions on like just an intro into Asian horror, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's really my lane. <laughs> I like Asian horror a lot. It's um, got some of the best shit, dude. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like, people think that like the American yeah. slashers are hardcore. I'm like, nah, you haven't no. seen anything. <laughs> slashers, to be fair, it bore me. I I don't find if if the Villain is something that can be beaten by any kind of conventional means. I, mm. I don't find that very scary. If you now, I mean, like that's not every slasher movie. I mean, like yeah. you, you can't, you know, just dispatch Jason or Freddy so easily. Yeah. But um, most of the kind of like, oh, there's a guy with a knife stuff, I find very boring because like Scream, like you know, they're human. They're right. That's it. Yeah, that was meant to be horror. Yeah. What? Yeah, Scream, but um. So Shiraishi Koji stuff. There's the there's there is one with a, with a girl band, um, and there is a very hot young a boy band looking priest in it. <laughs> it's a fun film, and then uh, Cult Occult uh, is another mockument. They're all mockumentaries or documentary style, and uh, I recommend all three of them: uh, Occult, uh, Noroi, and Karuto. If you like one of them, you'll probably like all three. Hell's yeah! Now. We already did Christmas. Now here's the hard one for everyone. What Thanksgiving movies are we, are we looking into? Thanksgiving. Right? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. The the one that Michael Adam's family me watch, values. That's the one that I have to watch next week because we're talking about that one next week. Thanksgiving two and three. Actually, Thanksgiving three is the better visually to watch if you're going to watch a Thanksgiving movie. Do question? Do you think information? Uh, do you think that Poultry Geist is in <laughs> is in the same universe as Thanksgiving? No, because it's not a trauma right. film. Fuck. All right. Never mind. <laughs> I, you, you shut me down. I don't. I don't know. I got nowhere else to go after that. I, I just wanted it. At least um, I, don't, I don't think it's a, a Thanksgiving or a trauma film. I don't think so. Fuck my me. my go-to is always Nightmare Before Christmas because I always figure you know Halloween, Christmas in the middle, perfect. Mm. Fair enough. I appreciate it. Uh, I guess I, I'm kind of just uh, enjoying the conversation. But anyway, I guess I'll bring it back <laughs> to your channel for the sake of it. Two questions, nerd questions. Uh, uh, wait, hold on, hold on. I take it oh. back. It is a trauma film. So get, it could be. Get fucked. No. Get, <laughs> what's that? Get clucked, sir. How do you like dim apples? <laughs> oh, foul I'll play. Just, uh, I'll throw in real quick that I think my favorite. I had to think about it. and I had to look it up. I was like, is there any Thanksgiving movies I like? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, That's yes. 
Well that, that would be my pick. Which I, I didn't even, I forgot was a Thanksgiving movie, but there you go. I wouldn't even have thought about it. My, uh, my father-in-law always watches Alice's Restaurant. The hell is that? I don't even know what that I is. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's not worth it. All right, but fair enough. <laughs> it's a Thanksgiving film. Glow, glowing endorsement. Nailed it. Uh, I got a question about your avatar for mm-hmm. your channel. Are you actually a martini drinker or is it just to make you look fancy? I do occasionally like a martini and I like it. I like a dry and dirty martinis, but I have to be in a mood for them. <laughs> it's just easier to depict a drink with a martini glass and an olive than probably any other shape. Uh, because otherwise it, it it doesn't look as distinctly like a drink in terms of when you're drawing something. Um, so that was about the only reason why I did that. I like and it. I do like- well, because, you know, there's a reason why James Bond rocks martinis. You got to look cool oh, and yeah. sophisticated. It's how it, it's the goal here. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, the final question mostly is uh, what are you working on now? Like how, maybe like like how often – do you think you post or do you just like, are you always like looking to get a video out at like a certain time or do you just kind of go with the flow? It's like, okay, here's something that I'm passionate about now. So now I'm going to do the video. Or are you always trying to line something up in the queue? Oh, I'm always working on something. If I don't work for more than like a day, I start to get anxious. Get to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like working actually, but um, so I have a video that will probably be out maybe tomorrow, but I wouldn't cross my fingers on it. But it will be uh, the last in the series that I'm doing on critical race theory. And uh, so very academic-y subject, something probably parents are going to be more interested than anybody else. Um, I have read that uh, Biden intends to immediately overturn uh, Trump's decision to ban critical race theory. And if you don't know what it is, it was not banned from schools. It was banned from government institutions and agencies. And it is horrifying in terms of, of what the proponents believe. So I've, in the previous two videos that were both like nearly an hour long, I covered like a bunch of, of stuff related to CRT, but I didn't actually read CRT theory itself. And then I had some people, multiple people uh, say like, well, you didn't read the actual studies. So I went and read them and uh, they were worse Oof. than I could have imagined. They were absolutely some of like the most racist stuff I've ever read. Uh, I mean, uh, no, it's really not. And that's what's what's going into government programs and what they want to go into schools. So if you want to see what CRT scholars actually believe, uh, (laughs) check it out. How dare you You can't be racist to white people. That's a that's a myth. Oh, no, I don't think it's it's racist to white people. I think it's racist towards black people. It's very (laughs) racist towards black people. Uh, I find it I find it very offensive. Some of the stuff they believe. Uh, and that, and it's Crazy. it's um, I, I believe it's a positivist theory in that uh, in science um, we today any mm-hmm. science that you deal with is a post positivist science, which means that it includes this very important thing called falsification. <laughs> so pre positive theories or pre post positivist theories or otherwise just positivist theories, the the um, traditional Karl Popper Ian. Um, example is a positivist goes out into a lake and examines all the swans that he sees on the lake and says, well, they're all white. Therefore, whiteness, white um, feathers is a key component of swanness. Then one day he finds a black swan and says, well, that can't be a swan because I've already decided that all swans are white. So that's just something else. 
A post-positivist goes and say, okay, there's a falsification to my initial hypothesis that white feathers is a key component of swanness. So critical race theory is a positivist theory because it cannot ever be falsified. Anything that falls outside of its scope of, of its tenets is just, it doesn't exist. It's something else. It, it, if it's not <laughs> included under the things that we believe, then it just, it either doesn't exist or it's a totally different thing that we don't need to deal with. Uh, and that's a major problem for modern yeah. science everybody dropped positivism in like 1900 for a reason because <laughs> it doesn't work uh it, it's it's not it's not proper science in my opinion but <laughs> well you know the earth is flat how dare you well you it can, is you it is it. very flat if we don't have falsification well can't tell me i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> right it's my opinion shut up shut up it's my opinion that. Yeah, the government is hiding the information from us. For really, if I could get up high enough on top of my house, then I could prove that there's no curvature and there's people like They put they put special windows in airplanes. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> to confuse you. Uh, that that hey, that's the CRT level of. <laughs> Do they people of, actually think that there's different? windows on the airplane like yes. a wide lens yes. on the airplane oh yeah is. michael you <laughs> forget there there's like seven billion people look, on this planet look, i'm that person <laughs> that puts content on the internet i don't pay attention to the internet so who doesn't who don't believe australia is real really? <laughs> no, i know it's real it's filled with kangaroos and uh prisoners no 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 they drug you and drop you yeah. in new zealand <laughs> if that's oh not God. real then people where did thor come stuff. from I, man, I, it's, it's one of those things where you go on the internet and you read that stuff and you want, you want to do it because you need to know that they exist just so it doesn't it surprise you, head hurt. but it really hurts your soul at a point where you're just like, <laughs> like there's a, there's a comedian that I've recently really enjoyed called Chris Porter. He's got a, a skit called, uh, the sun is bullshit. Uh, I highly recommend everyone go watch that. Yes. <laughs> Just for a laugh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, okay. I'm like speechless. I'm actually getting like annoyed thinking of all the dumb things I've heard and read in the last like month. <laughs> so like, so how, like, how do you deal with stuff like that? Cause I'm sure you get that all the time. Cause um, you, you really usually just in your videos, you cite kind of like what you're doing with us. You'll, you'll, you'll cite the, the, the thing that you read you'll give us the definition of what you're explaining and then then you use uh examples in in like media theory and and actual things that happen in the real world how often do you get pushback because people are just not willing to because i know you put the descriptions or the links to the the stuff that you read like yep, everything cited always everything cited how frustrating, and I, this is pretty much an obvious question, but I got to ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> how how much does it drive you insane to see in the comments people being flat out wrong because you can tell that they didn't even bother to read the things that you cited? I very rarely get it in the comments of videos uh, anymore. I really? mostly get it on Twitter. And, and like people also who... <laughs> I always have people being like, I'm going to make a response video. I'm going to tear this person apart. <laughs> and I have had response videos, but I have never once, not once, had an actual response to a video I've made. It's either taking like a, a single line out of a video and then like just being like, and going on for an hour. I've had that happen. One line out of a video taken out of context and making a whole hour long video about that. Or 
I've did you had, do 11 uh, hours talking about Jenny Nicholson? Oh my God. Oh, I know. <laughs> or I've had people just talking shit about me as a person and how I'm an evil, terrible, bad person from World War II. Uh, and but they can't like deal with with my videos, you know. I, they I I get that it's hard apparently to read scientific papers. Yeah. I guess. Um, but like <laughs> they're not exactly the, the most interesting. Read, well, if you hard. wanted if you wanted to debunk what I'm saying, you could try. The yeah. unfortunate yeah. thing is that I put all the studies on the screen so you can read what they say in their own words while I'm usually paraphrasing it. Because mm -hmm. I, if I just read it, first of all, that's plagiarism. And secondly, uh, that's really boring. <laughs> yeah. So, but I put like the data, usually I just put the data up and if there's no specific data, but it's like a conclusion. So like this video where I'm studying CRT scholars, they don't have data. They don't have science. They don't have numbers. It's not, not science in my opinion. They don't have quantitative yeah. data. They have um, feelings data. And uh, so I can't put a, <laughs> there is no graph. There's no, you know, nothing like that, yeah. but I have to put up, these are their words. And here's me paraphrasing them. And I imagine if people get mad about this video, which I'm sure they will, <laughs> because the CRT scholars uh, were mad about the other two. So, uh, CRT scholars, CRT uh, proponents. So, um, particularly in this one, because I, I took a clip from uh, Vosh's, or Temple's interview with Vosh, where he yeah. directly lied about something. Uh, now, I'm sure the explanation will be, well, it wasn't a lie, it was just a mistake. And like, that's okay, but you have to admit it's a mistake, because it was a yeah. really glaring one. Uh, he called a 40, or excuse me, 35-year-long uh, celebrated and award-winning scholar in critical race theory, who is one of the uh, most esteemed scholars in this field, whose work was cited for that. Did you hear about the Smithsonian thing that said, like, whiteness? Like, it's like, the Smithsonian put out this thing that said, this print that said, like, whiteness is the ability to tell time. Like really stupid stuff on this printout, really racist stuff in my opinion. And Vosh said that um, that some intern wrote it, and I was like, actually, it's this Jewish woman with 45 years of experience in this field, who's one of the most award-winning scholars in the entirety of it. And it's like you're just wrong about that. You're just wrong. And I'm sure, oh, I'm gonna get so much hate for that. Yeah. I was so I'm expecting that one. I might have to like shut down my Twitter or something. Just because you can't criticize that guy. You can't criticize him at all. Uh, his fans go nuts. Oh, don't worry. You we'll probably see. you probably wouldn't have to shut yourself off at this point. Twitter and YouTube censor everybody. Oh, right, right. So you'll be fine. Right. We'll we'll see what happens. So <laughs> that, that kind of goes into a question I had for you. How do you decompress from all of this? research like you mentioned you read comics and mm. obviously anime and uh you know movies and stuff but what what is your go-to mm. oh i find reading research extremely um enjoyable <laughs> that's it, putting together videos like the editing process and stuff is, is a little stressful although i also find it fun but um no i i am reading research is actually very that is the decompressing almost <laughs> that's the decompressing. um you know I, i'm subscribed to a bunch of journals and it's it's fun every time you know a new issue comes out and i get to go oh what came out this week so uh i can't be into comics anymore because comics are trash i mean I, I i'm still into old comics but what is there new to read right now that's where i got blocked by rick remender the other day on twitter <laughs> uh why because he said everybody who voted for trump was a murderous snake and i said hey rick Remember that time you took a picture with me? <laughs> Remember that time you signed all of these comics for me? And, you know, I was just poking at him. He got really butt-blasted and just immediately blocked me. You're watching it with uh, fucking Pedro Pascal right now. 
that was a great move mandalorian season two is gonna look great now oh yeah gonna go real great now that you just insulted half of your audience i'm sure that's gonna go over spectacularly and the funniest thing is that after i got blocked by him a bunch of his fans said why do you even read rick remender's comics like because i like them because they used to be good no he's still good like just because that's the difference right i can separate somebody's politics from their art they absolutely cannot they cannot separate because they're um what's her name from mandalorian 2 um gina Gina, yeah yeah. where now they're going after her she needs to be deplatformed she needs to lose her job because she's a conservative and it's like that's the difference here guys they were i can still enjoy your stuff they attacked her because she didn't put her pronouns in their twitter profile like that fucking means anything (laughs) oh my god it's, it's, i was like I, are, I are we really doing this like it's a fun world we live in i, I mean to be fair shit's been going on for a while we're just getting we're getting to see it in full force because everybody feels so much more emboldened i just lately. don't get it i guess so <laughs> I, I had to put my pronouns in my bio the other day because somebody was like well i i made fun of somebody for having them in theirs because they just said something really like rude to me and i was just yeah. laughed at the fact that they just said fake pronouns in their bio too like not real ones so i was compelled to put them in mine so we'll see if i can get attacked now i don't know i'm sure they can always well, tell somehow who's a real pronoun person yeah. who's not. when 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 gina did it it was a beep bop boop yeah. <laughs> it's well done um no i guess i don't want to take up too much of your time it's been really awesome having you on yeah sorry uh, i was late <laughs> oh good no i i was just assuming you were sleeping it's fine <laughs> no, no, I don't sleep that late in the afternoon. <laughs> um, I guess I I don't know if you want to plug your channel or anything before you head out. We're definitely going to put it in the description yep. and make sure everybody knows. Oh, no. Come bug you. Uh, you got your own channel for sure. And you also do uh, EFAP from time to time. You just did a video with um, Yellow Anna, Flash. That Star Wars and girl, I was on right? Star Wars Girl. Yeah. And I was on with Yellow Flash last week and who else was channel was i on recently oh if you like um uh um psa sitch and adam Frank, oh. i was on with them uh last week as well um that's it's this election season has been really busy <laughs> but uh yeah i occasionally shut up on other people's channels but if you want to uh, find me at my channel and if you'd like long form mostly boring content i won't <laughs> how dare up. you no the editing <laughs> the editing keeps you the editing keeps you very much engaged and i i really do like how you you balance well thank you but probably only because there's a loud noise every 20 minutes so you start to nod off and, oh. <laughs> and there's the sentence clip or something but uh it's a y d i n and then paladin uh I, you know i got I have videos on Star Wars if you're more into the media stuff, but I, I do mostly cover social commentary and, and political stuff. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Thanks for having me on, guys. And thanks yeah, for thank you for coming on. Together. Appreciate it. I, I no, apologize. I didn't talk as much as these other two because apparently I didn't realize the kids didn't have school today because it's Veterans Day, right? Yeah. Is that what it is today? Yes. Yeah. So... Yeah, they've been running around, and I've been just trying to, like, mute my mic here and there. Him, him and his literal daddy issues, if you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I appreciate you coming on, and usually I do talk more. Um, no, sorry. I, I really just feel like I talked to everyone. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. The whole thing is, 
the whole thing is, is I was, I'm just kind of fangirling the whole time. <laughs> Usually I'm tripping up on my words a little bit more, but I've been, uh, I felt like I knew what I was doing. Cause I've been, he's an Aiden Stan. That's what he is. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Boy. Um, I'd love to have you back on and be cool to, uh, hear your thoughts more on Star Trek and shit later down the road. Are you currently yes. watching the stuff they're putting out now or no? Oh, no, I'm not a masochist. Correct <laughs> <laughs> answer. Hey, I got to watch it because people want my opinion on the shit, even though I don't tell John. I, I don't know what yeah, I have just... to do. I'd have to, like, I can't drink right now. I can have a little bit of a club. I'm not supposed to be drinking. So, like, I, but I, I would, I think, by necessity, have to get so messed up to not want to jump out a window while trying we'll to just clock we'll just clockwork orange you i'm sure you've heard like spoilers though for like the shows and shit that have been out right well, i've watched everyone's reviews okay. for everything oh, but, yeah. but lower decks because i i lower decks just looks like like it would insult me so deeply as as a lifetime star trek fan as yeah. a vulcan speaking kind of star trek nerd like real trekkie been to the mm. conventions i have i have the signature of everybody from the original cast, except for Jimmy Doohan, because oh. he died before I did it, and yeah. except for Leonard Nimoy. I have everybody else on a signed picture, and I really wish I had the other two, but, you know, <laughs> so can't you've control met, that stuff. Ha, you've met William Shatner then? I'm, yes. Ha, I mean, met him as like... in a line. Whoa, <laughs> he went, oh, okay. oh, my God, I love you. You know. I was going to say, how did, how did he come off? Because there are a lot of people in the Trek community that just hate him for some reason. I'm confused by that one, too. So I mean, he comes uh, off as braggadocious and, and yeah. grandiose and gregarious, as you would expect. My favorite one, and maybe this is a, a good place to end it, is that uh, on, on the topic of the, the vaguely political stuff, is that one of my favorite times ever meeting somebody and, and going to see a, a speech from somebody and this is quite famous. Trekkies probably know this story. But Nichelle Nichols, uh, who played Uhura, uh, her famous story is that she was uh, she was at home and she, uh, or excuse me, not Nichelle Nichols. So Nichelle Nichols' story is a little bit different. Nichelle Nichols' story uh, was that she was, uh, she wanted to be in like series productions and series productions. And uh, she was offered a role in Star Trek. And uh she nah, didn't want to take it because she's like, this is some stupid thing where they throw big plastic boulders at you. And then about this. <laughs> and uh, she went uh, the weekend after she was first offered the role to a rally for Martin Luther King. And after the rally, she got a chance to speak with Dr. King. And uh, she told him about Star Trek and like the premise of it. And he said, um, you have to do it. Don't you understand what he, meaning Gene Roddenberry, is trying to do? And that's why mm. she took the role. And then the other cool story is Whoopi Goldberg, mm -hmm. whose story is she was sitting in her living room and she saw her on TV and she, she ran into the kitchen and grabbed her mom's dress and said, mom, mom, uh, there's a black lady on TV and she isn't anyone's maid. And so that's why Star Trek is awesome yeah. <laughs> and why I love yeah. it. And it's stories like that that I, I think are important and not stupid stuff about that they're doing now and like discovery and picard about android rights and stuff that are very thinly veiled yeah, messages that don't actually <laughs> mean anything android rights didn't we didn't we do that in solo they, they're didn't doing we do that didn't we do that in next gen <laughs> oh yeah they do it very heavy-handed too like they think they're being smart about it and they're not like right. you know it's original trek had um i forget what they call them the white and black guys Right, um, yeah. On the each side, and they were, was. you know, if I look in the mirror, I hate myself because they see their enemy and shit. I was like, yeah. that was awesome. And that was back in the freaking 60s. Come on. Yeah, like, 1968. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
it's so ridiculous. Like they can't do the same kind of stories and and tackle the the social issues because the social issues are still the same today as they were then, basically. Oh yeah. That they're trying to tackle, but they're just so heavy handed with it. It's ridiculous. And then turning fucking Picard into an android was the dumbest goddamn thing I ever did. Yeah, I don't know how you do you outdo original Trek by having people who literally have half of their faces black and half of their faces painted white, and you managed to outdo that story in political heavy-handedness. Right, I, right. I guess, good job. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> impressed by the horribleness it's, it's, of it. It's a master class of dumb. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, uh, but, Trek is just yeah, it's it's Trek. With a name, Trek. <laughs> yeah, Trek TM, not not Star Trek. It's it's, it's some abomination. I, and really... I mean, even like. Oh, go on. I just I, even in comparison to like the terrible um, TNG movies, which were very much not Trek feeling. Yeah. Even they, I think, had some more value in terms of, of adding something at least to the characters that were pre-established, mm-hmm. than like undoing everything, which is what Picard is doing. I think that's the only the only good thing I think I even told John about Picard show was it gave Data a better send off than Nemesis did. Oh, but that was terrible. Hard to do worse. <laughs> right, right. And uh, I think I felt more with it because that was my brother's like favorite character, and he's the one who got me into Trek back in mm-hmm. the day. So I was like, okay, at least they got one thing in this entire season like that is okay so let's let's look at the bright side i guess i don't know oh uh, i guess <laughs> i i hate to do this to myself because this was embarrassing but aiden might get a fucking laugh out of it oh uh because i i watched some of the picard stuff i couldn't stand it and this was a <laughs> a, a get fucked me moment like it just happened like right at the time because i'm sitting here i'm like they're doing all this really dumb shit like i don't like the costumes look kind of dumb and the character stuff Ugh, I don't know what they're doing. And then you got some fucking dude with a samurai sword. It's retarded. What are we doing? Like, and he goes, Klingons had bat lifts. I go, wow, fuck. <laughs> like, oh, you mean Lego loser? I don't know why that character is in it. It's just terrible. It's, I mean, like, okay. Again, uh, I used to be part of the Vulcan language project. <laughs> so, like, I'm really big into the Vulcans. Mm-hmm. And whenever you screw with Vulcans or Romulans in, in Star Trek, I get I get particularly peeved. Yeah. I didn't like the first JJ movie because they, just because they blew up Takasia. That alone made me mad. Um, but, you know, I, and, and it was so contrived and stupid and the, and the Red Matter MacGuffin stuff was uh-huh. absolutely dumb. <laughs> Um, I actually liked Beyond the best of all of them because there was an attempt to make it a Star Trek movie. That was like was the one that was good? the most original, right? It was but, the one well, where Simon Pegg worked, um, Peg worked on it. Yeah, so it oh, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had Peg like Star Trek, whereas yeah. all the other films felt like, ugh. And he still hated that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, again, it, it's not good. It's there was yeah. an attempt. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there was an it's attempt. like I really barely passed. I really <laughs> wish that they would have taken the fucking like Discovery and Picard and put those in the Kelvin time timeline, so you know people don't right, feel like count. they're fucking with our other timeline. So I think yeah. their their rationale behind that was that like, like everyone hates the Kelvin timeline, so we have to get away from it. I think uh, there was like some so. issues with the lice the. The oh, movie probably that too. and the, that shit, the unit, yeah. So I think that's why they had to create the Calvin timeline in the first place with the movies. 
Oh, uh, how those, silly those of you to expect it might have been a, a some sort of logical reason and not just a right. money reason. <laughs> right. It's always money, right? Right. Oh man. But yeah, yep. hard, hard, hard sell. <laughs> well, so I guess usually we close out with a quote from you, correct, me? Michael? Yes. Uh, today I'm not going to quote a movie though. I'm going to actually just quote a director. Not that I like the director. I just kind of thought the quote was kind of cute. Whatever, simp. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's from Stanley Kubrick. Tucci? Stanley? What? Okay. Is that how, that's how you pronounce his last name, right? Is it Kubrick or Kubrick? Yeah. I am not I the person to ask. Kubrick, but I have no idea. I'm not a director <laughs> person. Come on. Um, I failed says... at a really simple name last week. Was that? I said I failed at a really simple name last week. If you can't oh, yeah. remember. Uh, what was it? An- Andre? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you couldn't pronounce Okay. I added words or letters. I added letters. All right. Well, my quote from Stanley Kubrick: "To see a film once and write a review is an absurdity. Yet very few critics ever see a film twice or write about films from a leisurely, thoughtful perspective. The reviews that distinguish most critics, unfortunately, are those slam bang pans, which are easy to write and fun to write and absolutely useless. There's not much in the critic showing off how clever he is at writing silly, super." Silius gags about something. And again, I am now aroused. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Aiden, for coming on. Yeah, Thank thanks. you. Thanks for writing for oh. slow ass. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It was worth it. So hopefully this won't be the last time. But again, thank you so sure, much. Sure, anytime. And... Yep. Alrighty. And later nerds you just finished another great episode of operation babble you can catch every episode of operation babble on all your audio streaming services including soundcloud itunes spotify stitcher radio public and more don't forget to like us on facebook at facebook.com slash operation babble and join the conversation today by searching for the operation babble group on facebook links also in the description don't forget to find mike on all social platforms including youtube by searching mike shrews m-y-k-e-s-h-r-e-w-s you can find john on instagram and youtube via bald man bad thanks and have a great day